0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Group Up podcast. We are here for the Great Role Debate, where representatives from each of our three roles and a neutral observer will be discussing the three roles of Overwatch, what their strengths are, you know, what whether they're too weak, too strong, and then of course we're going to try and figure out how we can live harmoniously so that we can stop yelling at each other on Twitter. So. Let me introduce my guests who need no introduction. The name labels are off, but I'll fix them in a second. In the top right, representing the neutral observer party alongside me, is Coach Spilo. Spilo, what's up?
1: Doing pretty well, mate. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. In the bottom right, returning from his stint in the Great Tank podcast, although largely locking the sombra these days, is Yidl. Yeah. Yidl, what's up?
2: Yeah, what up, everyone?
0: Awesome. In the bottom left, the regular, the new K-pop lover. Representing DPS, it is Samito. Samito, what's up?
3: Listen, you k pop stands are onto something. I've, I've, you guys, you guys got it. You guys got me. It's the
0: the K-pop stuff went crazy. Actually, like I saw all the the stuff about shipping good. Jake and like the 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 one member of La FM who he was coaching. It was like people Oh, were was that, crazy. oh that was adorable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw that. That was really that's cute. Funny. That was really cute.
3: And Everybody the... better be backing up Jake. That's all I'm saying. You gotta. Back I know. Up, well, he posted. Toys. Uh, everyone
0: was like i know what you're doing jay because right the day after he posted like a backless gym like video and everyone was like oh i see what you're doing you're getting the k-pop stands out here so he's cooking he's cooking he's getting uh yeah. he's getting his money's worth but in the top left coming through to represent the support side kiriko lover and handsome facial hair sporter is dan fenner dan what's up hey what's up i'm awesome. the only
1: one here without facial here yeah so where's your beard spilo Bro, bro, listen. i mean, oh, I, 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 grow, I grow like two nipple hairs, and that's about all I've got going for any sort of hair at all. Nothing at all.
0: It's,
1: it's okay, cause you, cause this is good,
0: because usually I get accused of uh, so many different biases of who I do and don't invite. But people are always like, "Oh, you and your facial hair and beard podcast, SUV," because that's what it turns <laughs> out being when uh, when it's me, Flats, Frito, and Sam. It's just that's what it it's is. And nice I so. shave
1: once a week, right?
0: So. Awesome. Well, let's get into it then, guys. We're going to discuss the state of each of the roles. Uh, Lots to go over. So I think we'll just start with opening statements in terms of like just sum up because we did the tank debate, support debate, DPS debate. The general consensus seemingly was that support is the strongest and are kind of softly gatekeeping the fun and and the ability for the other roles to do things. But since then, since we did all of those, there's been some changes to the support category. There has been some nerfs. New Hog is is live. So there's plenty to, to potentially assess. But give me your assessment of your role as it stands. So we'll start with Yidl. Yidl, just give me like a brief summary of how you feel Tank is at the moment.
2: Um, I think Tank is... I feel like it's underpowered compared to what they wanted it to be going into Overwatch 2. I think it should have been like, you know... We remove a tank that one tank is going to be like lobby raid boss type of thing and they didn't quite hit the mark with that in my opinion so that's that's more or less my thought
0: fair and again i I wanted to point out that i deliberately seek out recruiting players who are very good at flexing like they're very good at playing all the roles so you know you recently got top 50 was it with sombra
2: yeah i'm like rank 43 or something basically one trick in sombra hundred and something hours
0: so, so there you go. So, this is not, these are not going to be takes that you hear on the podcast from people who have no clue what it's like to really play the other roles. And in that note, Sam, you're always trying to get that rank one flex queue, you know, combined. How do you summarize DPS though? Your sort of true to heart role?
3: Um, playing DPS, how much fun you have really comes down to what the enemy supports pick. Um, I I think Yida will agree with me. Like, I played a ton of Sombra, too, and I got pretty high rank on her. I think I hit, like, I I flex on and off of her, but, like, my peak this season, like, rank 16, I think. And I think I hit, like, rank 30-something mainly playing Sombra, but then once you had to push into those top lobbies when they start running this Kiriko and all that stuff that just makes Sombra useless, you just gotta swap to Mei. I'll say, I think DPS, generally speaking, if you were to look at all the heroes, is definitely the weakest role in the game. Um, that's not to say you can't get value on it, that's not to say that you can't get adequately rewarded in some situations, but, I mean, did they pick the right support characters? Like, I still think Alari is better than 90% of the DPS in the game. Um, I think Kiriko has crazy dual potential, can just TP anywhere she wants and deny something. Um, so, there's just, the way the game's set up right now, it's, there's a lot of denial, and a lot of the poke comes, like, supports can just duel better. And most of the tanks just aren't really solo killable, especially Sigma, who's just insane right now, right? But, you know, it's, I, I think the biggest discrepancy between what's the, the bad hero at the moment and the good hero at the moment is, may, is maybe DPS. If not DPS, then it's tank, because there's probably just some tank that got left behind. But, you know, it's just, you kind of just sit down and you just autopilot, and that's all I've really been doing. Except for on Samba. Samba's really fun. I really like the Samba rework. I I think she's underrated, and I don't think that she's bad. I think everything else is just better.
0: (laughs) Interesting, interesting. I mean, one sec. I saw Dan's eyes kind of just light up a little bit, but in a negative way when Kiriko was mentioned as as an attack target, because, you know, I know Kiriko (laughs) is dear, dear to Dan's heart. So, Dan, having heard the accusations, as it were, from the other two sides, how do you feel about the role of support at the moment?
4: Um... Well, I think before last patch, like, support as a role of itself was well balanced within itself. Like, you had a lot of variety of the supports. Uh, Obviously, we see, like, Baptiste all the time, but that's because of Sigma, right? But, like, you could play pretty much any support to a decent rank on ladder. Like, there's no real support. There's just garbage. So the role within itself was pretty well balanced. I don't really like the latest patch, but I think the latest patch kind of missed. Uh, especially with Baptiste, uh, everybody hates Baptiste, and he's kind of running the lobbies right now. Especially with Sigma, um, but overall, I think support's pretty good. I think there are some standout things that make it like kind of uh, annoying. Like there's some thorns there. Like I don't think Ilari should do seventy-five body shot, and that's where I think uh, the patch missed a little bit. Uh, I think Baptiste should definitely be toned down a bit in terms of damage, and. I think like some of the nerfs, like you know, the increased cooldown on Ana is just hitting the wrong things, pretty much. So like the patch, I feel like was re- the two two five was can we start on two two five HP on Zenyato? I feel <laughs> like that is a massive mistake. Same with Life Weaver as well. Um. So yeah, the the latest patch, I was not a fan of it, but otherwise, support in itself, I think, is a decently well balanced role, uh, as long as you're not comparing it to DPS. <laughs>
0: Right. So do you feel like the other roles could stand to learn from the support role in terms of like how it's you feel like all the viability of the roster is really good and that's healthy for the yeah. game.
4: I think support is very fun and there's a lot of viability on like most of the support heroes. Um and I think like other roles tend to focus on that because other roles have limited viability on some of the heroes.
0: Gotcha. That's a very fair POV, Spilo, Now you're the neutral observer here. You've heard the opening statements from our three representatives. How do you view the state of the role balance across Overwatch?
1: Uh, I, I think we, I, I want to focus, like as much as I can, on like the systemic issues within the system without treading too deeply into the five v 5 six debate. But uh, <laughs> I do, I do think that that's something that you know that needs to be not necessarily brought up but does need to be touched on. Because I think if you look about, like, why is Sigma being played, like Daniel was saying, it's like, well, a lot of poke DPS are really, really quite strong right now, all right? So then why are a lot of poke DPS really strong right now? Well, it's because the dive DPS are garbage are really, really hard to play. So then why are the dive DPS really hard or garbage to play? And then it goes, well, back to, like, Iliari, the Strength of Baptiste. And so then you address those things. Like, for example, like Daniel was saying, the 75 damage body shot in Iliari, that's what needs to be changed. that's Those are the things that, like, are going to have... Those are like the breakpoints that are going to enable other DPS characters and other metas to be viable. And so what ends up happening is, is I've been really not, not disillusioned because I think anybody at this point in time shouldn't be surprised by some of the balance changes, but uh very f- annoyed at the most recent balance patch as well, because I think it was a a nerf to support in either all the wrong ways or not a nerf at all, really. Like the Baptiste change was like basically irrelevant, right? Um, and then in the case of something like uh I think the Ana cooldown one, right? Well, 12 seconds just feels awful as an Ana, but it still doesn't address the fact that if you need X tank or X target, it lasts for what, three, three and a half seconds, and the target's gonna be end up dead. So for me, I think a lot of my thoughts today are gonna be more more on like, you know, what role is the strongest. I don't think that's gonna be my focus. It's more on like Blizzard needs to stop missing the mark with the either design or the patch notes or the balance notes. on their, their overall the way that they're approaching the game, because there's so many things that you cannot fix with just a random number tweaker here. Or and if you do tweak, you have to tweak the right thing. Otherwise it might make the character really crappy, but it won't address the issue. Or it might make the character really strong, but it won't address the issue that it has. So I've whether it's tank or DPS or support, I'm gonna have different thoughts and different roles, specifically different heroes, but you
3: have to have something that understands
1: the dynamic of that more. And, and I'm gonna try and focus on that.
0: Sam, you kind of have something you want to riff off.
3: Yeah, yeah. So if you want to change subject matter, feel free to SVB. I actually disagree that Alari's damage is what I would change. I think the issue is the pylon having permanent uptime. Because I'm what I'm scared of. I agree with
1: both. I agree with both.
3: What what I'm scared of the most is remember SVB when they first tried to readjust Sojourn and she was really broken in season two? And then they came out with the spread change. And I was like, this is going to make this hero horrible for every noob out there. And it's not really going to change too much about what makes her so good for the for the high-level players because mm-hmm. they just build the rail and they get the one-shots with the rail. And now her win rate across the general population I think is negative in every rank, maybe including GM, and I know we don't like to balance entirely off stats, but what's so frustrating to me about playing against Lari in high-level play is the fact that she puts the pylon on an angle, especially if I'm playing tank. When I was playing tank, it was infuriating to deal with, even if you lower the health, because the good Alaris are putting that thing in a spot where it's like, I cannot break this, and it stays up forever, and she's a better DP. She's literally a mercy pocketed DPS by herself on some high ground or on some some off angle. I, I think in 5v5 in particular, I don't necessarily have an issue with supports having to hit skill shots that can get the damage. It's when they can hold that anchor point forever and just continuously hold that angle by themselves, kind of like uh, literally two players in one, that is really, really frustrating to me. And I I think the way I agree with these guys, the support packs, this past nerfs didn't do anything, and the things that happened were not in the right way. Like, I we'll get into it a little bit but i i would like to bring up that pylons permanent uptime like i think that's just going to hurt the lower level players the most and it really didn't change anything for high level play where you saw her kind of dominating
1: automatic value isn't fun for anybody yeah you need there right. needs to be choice and decision and and to you as yes. one of needles words counterplay, and this into every person's decision because even like the new somber why is that the character is probably a little weak in some aspects and there's some quality of life stuff maybe with translocator but there, it, there's risk in every decision that you do, which is what makes it fun. And I just, that's why, you know, people talk about like mercy beam or whether it's, you know, um, the, the pylon or even something like a life rip, where there's really only one thing that you can do with the life rip. You just press the ability and it does the thing, right? It's just, just, it's not engaging, um, enough for either team to build a counterplay or there's no, like I said, like same it's like you place pylon, There's no decision-making about, (laughs) you know, you just put it there and it does its thing. And so, like, that's not fun for the Iliari. Uh, That's also not fun for playing into Iliari.
3: And that also would help the dive. If they actually put a cooldown on that, like a duration, that would allow the dive DPS to get played into a little bit more. Because if they see it get placed, they can actually back off say, okay, just wait a minute, wait a minute, and then we'll go. That was something I wanted them to try with Inspire a long time ago. Um... You know, just to give some more counterplay around break back in like, you know, open queue, like way back in the day. We don't need to get into that right now, but I, I think that would be a big, big change. And it's just, it's the fundamentals that should have gotten addressed and none of them really got tackled.
0: I want to take it to yidel right now and then Dan afterwards. yidel you've heard like a few of these assessments. I think a lot of the focus is on this recent support patch. Do you mm. agree, first of all, that they kind of missed the mark on addressing what needs to be addressed and what do you think needs to be addressed?
2: Yeah, I think um, definitely they kind of played it safe with the this patch. I feel like they might just do another patch next season nerfing supports, but maybe I'm wrong. I, I like the direction they went with Zenyatta in particular, because I think it's the first time that they've ever done like some kind of fundamental change that actually adds counterplay. And, and by that, I mean like the Discord, now when it's applied to somebody, you can actually line aside it and basically there's counterplay for the tank if you just get discord immediately so i I think i like that and i wish they'd do that more for more supports um but as for alari despite like playing her a lot i feel like i don't have too much of an opinion i'm not really sure i think playing against it it would be nice if killing pylon was a bit more punishing for the alari player but they did just recently change the cooldown so Yeah, I don't have a super strong opinion other than I think they're going to go with another wave of nerfs, and they just played it safe with, like, the Kiriko nerf and the D.Va buff because they got new skins. That's just (laughs) what I'm thinking. (laughs) I think they just did it because new skins, but who knows?
0: Hello guys, SCB here and the Goop Up podcast is back and I'd like to take just 30 seconds of your time to talk to you about two quick things. Firstly, Patreon. If you enjoy the content then please do consider supporting directly because Patreon takes only about 10% of the money you give where YouTube and Twitch take 40 and 50% respectively. So if you'd like to support the podcast then that is the best way to do so. Secondly, if you're someone who enjoys video essays or detailed analysis of movies, TV, or anime, then please do check out my second channel, The Soak, where I'll be making videos about those kind of topics much more frequently and where a lot of my attention will go beyond just Overwatch. It would mean the absolute world to me if you guys would check it out, but that's it for now. Let's head back to the discussion. So just before we move on from you, because I do want to hear your deeper thoughts as well. I I know Sam and Spyla will need no incentive to go, and I love that about them. But Yidel, you know, I want to coax out some more from you too. Sure. Like, do you what do you view as? It do you view there being a fundamental problem in support, and like what what do you think is the thing that like does it frustrate you as a tank or as a DPS player? Hmm. Um.
2: Mostly, I think. Well, my beef was with Zenyatta previously, but like I said, they just introduced counterplay with his Discord, and I think that's great. I've played against it. And th- there's actually some skill matchup to just dodging the Discord orb, then engaging. Um, but I think like Anna might still be a problem, and it's gonna become more obvious as more people start playing Hog or when Malga gets introduced, just because like the anti-nade is kind of crazy. Um, obviously she's not the only problem, but I-, I think she's a that's a key example of just like why is a tank getting countered by one support? You know, why, why is there so much like... I, I think that's the main problem with tanks in Overwatch. It just feels like it's so easy to get countered by one character. And I think they need to do less of that somehow. Maybe, maybe a, a healing reduction on Antinay, which is like a super popular thing said, I think that would actually... It wouldn't completely add counterplay, but at least it's not like a death sentence for the shieldless, matrixless tanks. I so think.
0: We'll 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 definitely get into that because obviously the hog section we'll have to have a good discussion because that is dominating the topic right now and I think it brings up the Ana thing brings up a good point but I want to take it to Dan now Dan you've kind of heard a few different things you know some yep. agreement some disagreement about like Iliari for example the Zenyatta change like you said you said you kind of felt the the patch missed the mark in many ways so what is it yep. that you th- would you know, how do you respond to all of these and what would you rather see them do
4: well I kind of agree with the uh... Like the lack of timings against Ilari. I played a lot of Ilari uh, before the patch, by the way. Like I was pretty much just maining Ilari. And now I'm just playing Kiroko again. Um the patch feels bad for Ilari because the punishment, like the cooldown is horrible. But that doesn't mean the pylon is bad. Like it still sits there forever. And like if you're trying to push into that, you're like trying to poke into it, like it's just sat there just healing all the time. So I kind of agree and it kind of goes with the Zen thing like you've got the seven seconds discord now like you have timings there to punish and I think I agree it should be the same with the pylon it shouldn't be like you kill the pylon now it's a 16 second window to get in and I think if you change the pylon to be like oh you throw it down let's just throw it a number like four seconds I don't know doesn't really matter. The point is you throw it out. Like it's not gonna it's gonna be more fun for the Ilari because there's more decisions to make. There's more like buttons to press. Cause one thing about Ilari is she's pretty basic when you get down to it. Like she moves forward and she shoots and she puts a pylon up and then she moves back. Like there's not much constant decision making and button pressing. So I think it'd make it more fun for the Ilari to have a cooldown that's faster and is punishable without like the massive 16-second. Downside, because that's how I feel about Ananeid as well. Like now it's on twelve seconds. I feel like I'm just waiting forever. Like there's nothing I can do for twelve seconds. That's such a long amount of time in Overwatch. So like these long cooldowns don't feel good to play. Like you've got longer Susie, you've got longer Nade, you've got longer Grip, longer cooldown on the Pylon. It doesn't feel good when you know other characters have like six second cooldowns. So yeah, I like the Zen change. I think the Pylon probably should have um yeah a cooldown or a a uptime so you have to move it around more um I do not like the 225 I know Yitul said he likes his Zen change but he's talking about the discord I think 225 is a huge mistake for overwatch I think it really uh is like a a band-aid kind of change to the heroes and it just messes everything up but I've been talking about that Zen change for a while like it's really nice to have that on a cooldown because again without the cooldown it feels kind of bad to play because you're just spamming Mouse Wheel a lot of the time. And that is just kind of a weird way to play the game. So, yeah, I mostly agree. I mostly agree with the the uptime and the cooldowns.
0: Yeah, uh, I want to take it to Sam first. Sam, go ahead
3: a lot of things to, to cover in their SVB, so I, I want to try to go 1v1, one one, one one by one. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, one Starting with v. the Zen, I agree 100% on that fundamental change, and also something that kind of slipped under the radar that I, I, I assume Spilo probably picked up on. That Harmony Orb buff is a big deal. Two to five seconds, on. A, if you're playing a Flanker or you're playing Echo, having a Harmony Orb on you for three additional seconds, and all you have to do is peek your Zen for one frame, that gave you way more mat flexibility on a hero. Tracer's not getting picked right now because Alari's just so good, right? Um, but that was a big deal. And 225, people, I, was, I was laughing when people were like, Zen got gutted. I'm like, hold the phone here. A 225 and a five-second Harmony Orb? I don't know about that. Um, then I, I really agree on the Pylon too. and this is something that I brought up at the start of Overwatch 2 on this podcast, SVB, where support cooldowns should be lowered, but with less value, right? Because it doesn't, like, the Ana nerfs, I love playing Ana. I I cannot believe that Ana got nerfed harder than Alari, in my opinion, than even, well, the Weaver nerfs actually felt pretty impactful. Like, I played a lot of Weaver previously, and that 5 health and the grip cooldown, like, were really, really noticeable. Um, But even Bap, too, I, I just cannot believe that Ana... Got those nerfs, and this really comes down to the support passive. Uh, it, it's I'd like to talk about role passives at some point because the support passive is so much better. And as time has gone on, and it's gotten better, and people have learned over the over the year how to maximize and just get constant value out of that passive. What ends up happening is. Cooldowns like Nade constantly get dumped into the solo tank. Cooldowns like Sleep can just get tossed out, right? I don't think Ana's a problem. I think the support passive is just making it so that she never has to use those cooldowns on herself. And so what you end up doing is you raise the cooldown, you nerf nerf how good it is, you raise the cooldown again, you nerf how good it is. And for the Ana players out there, like, I love playing Ana. She's one of my favorite heroes in the game. The hero just starts to feel really, really miserable. And that's the Goldilocks zone that they need to hit. And in my opinion, this is why you need to change things fundamentally. I think... If Nade continues to be a problem, you can reduce that cooldown again and maybe mitigate a certain amount of healing. But I am shocked that the ability that people kind of point to the most when it comes to supports is anti-Nade when Suzu's in the game, when Immortality Field's in the game, when Life Grip's in the game, right? Where Kiriko can TP through walls and just cleanse anybody without line of sight, which is a. Cr- I'm shocked nobody's brought that up yet, where I think an easy nerf to Kiriko that wouldn't dumpster the hero and keep raising the cooldown of Suzu. Hey, maybe she should have to have line of sight on the target that she's teleporting to instead of going through walls constantly and denying duels where it feels like as a DPS player when you're taking that duel. Oh, their Kiriko's across the map and didn't even have to position to be in a place to be ready anticipating that duel as a DPS, right? Just stuff like that, and I, I kind of went down a, a rabbit hole there.
0: No, um, I appreciate it. A lot of, of meaningful thoughts. That was it. This hurts," says Dan. <laughs> you want to feedback real quick? I'll just say it, it that it would be um... a big
3: nerf to Kiri. I know, I know, but it would uh, make it feel a lot better for a DPS player going up against Suzu. Uh, right.
4: I mean, if you removed the ability to TP through walls, you would definitely need some big compensation somewhere else.
3: I don't know. Actually, I think she's still really good. You don't good. think so? I don't think. I think people would have to adjust how they play, but I don't think that like good Kiri would affect too much. But well, I, I, I
1: think it. Would, I think it'd be a pretty big nerf.
3: It would be a big nerf, but I think it'd be more fair for my role, who just constantly has everything taken away from it. <laughs> my, my question is... Couldn't hold back,
0: couldn't hold back. Had to let that one out. Yeah. But my question is when, like,
4: people, like, suggest these massive nerfs, like, not being able to TP without LOS, like, what are you going to give
1: Kiriko instead?
3: She's the, one of the best heroes in the game. She doesn't need anything else.
1: Her win rate's garbage, though. That's the thing. It's like, the thing is, is like, you have to always have, to, you always have to debate between what feels really bad versus is the character objectively strong and try to bring both in line with each other. Yeah. Like no, nobody's going to care if Roadhog is never played again because everybody freaking hates Roadhog, right? So that's a problem because Roadhog will have a terrible win rate, but nobody likes Roadhog. Why don't we make Roadhog better and less awful to play versus like, that should be the goal. I feel like for every character it's like we should buff Kiriko in some way, shape or form. But not in ways that make people feel terrible, or not in ways that have no counterplay.
3: Nerfs that came in. There were what did they or or, or redistributions? Didn't they change one shot combo? Dan
0: will know this. Dan will know this off by heart. What
3: did they change about?
0: Right
4: from the beginning, like the absolute beginning, she got the she got two ult nerfs. She had the three x, three hundred percent cooldown decrease to Mm -hmm. two hundred percent. She got like some percentage on building the ult. I think it was like twenty percent or something. It was too fast before, honestly um I she got the, the she got the kunai change like higher body shot and a lower crit multiplier which i think is mostly to help out like lower level players because they're going to hit more body shots um she got
3: ammo buff right from 12 to 15.
4: yeah i think she got an ammo buff they changed she's had a few Zuzu like changes with like the speed of the kunais and the speed of the she's got like three of those it's actually really annoying Um, But basically, it's changed it from like one Kunai, one heal to two Kunais, one heal being optimal. Um,
0: Which actually, Susu said I didn't boop, but it gave
4: extra heal. Yeah, I remember
3: that clip before. Yeah,
4: Yeah, bro, that was traumatic. Now that I now that I think about it, now that like the optimal is Kunai, Kunai heal instead of Kunai heal, like having those two Kunais to be optimal is probably. A little bit worse for the game because you have that chance to just like own someone so fast like you've got such a fast attack speed on the kunai now that like it's so hard to react to the double headshot so like previously you just throw one kunai and then heal like as the optimal play but now you throw him two so you have that chance to just like insta give someone accidentally as they peek around a corner so like if you change the optimal back to kunai heal instead of kunai kunai heal like that would be a way that you could like Take away the insane one shot, basically one shot, because like you can't react to it, and then, then you could maybe think about changing some other things.
0: Right. I I want to take it so you know Sam mentioned the Ana thing. I really want to discuss the Ana thing specifically because I think that's something that it, I think there's like a few things that what ends up happening is and and it's not surprising that they're all in the support category where it's like Discord Orb, Mercy damage boost and Ana's cooldowns what ends up happening is depending on what is currently in meta people target their rage towards it that you know potentially it goes away for a while and then for a while people don't talk about it and then eventually it it comes back the circle comes back round you know i'm sure soon enough something will get buffed and we'll talk about mercy damage boost again but anna has been brought up a lot recently and i want to talk about that for a bit but before we get into that because that'll be a dedicated section i want to talk more about what sam said about generally this idea of lowering support cooldowns but but making them less impactful like as, as in and of themselves. I'll just quickly chime yeah. in because I've been playing a fair amount of support recently. And yeah, the Ana nerfed the nade. A lot, a lot, I've, I haven't played a tremendous amount of Overwatch, but the Ana nerfed the nade definitely feels really shit in the sense that it doesn't address, as Dan was saying, like it doesn't address what's frustrating about playing against Ana, which is that the, if the right thing, or I think it was Spyler who said, if the right thing gets naded at the right time, that thing just dies. But as an Ana now, like I'm really disincentivized from trying to make a play and I've it's almost like trying to incentivize you to like very greedily hold your nade forever because mm-hmm. oh, I might need it in X amount of time, especially if your other support is like not someone who's peeling. You're like shit, I, at any moment in time, this is my only way of peeling for myself realistically the sleep as well now with how low it is and on the, tanks the buff
3: on that heal buff by the way the impact healing got gutted too over time right, right. Yeah, exactly. On that's exactly that feels terrible it feels so bad right and that's what you know go ahead sorry to cut you no off. no that
0: was, so that's exactly the point i was making it just feels it feels like it's incentivizing the wrong things like this this isn't changing anything for anyone that makes anyone happier it feels like right because you're still going to get angry and still be mad on the receiving end and on my end and on a player's end you're going to be like well I'm just a helpless, like, player if my support doesn't appeal for me. And I feel like that is a, a, an increasing theme with some of these, especially when you talk about a cooldown being oppressive, right? So Kiriko, Suzu, Bap, Immortality. When we talk about these cooldowns feeling oppressive, I really don't think that increasing the cooldown is a solution. It it just makes everyone mm-hmm. less happy. It just makes both the receiving end and the, and the player doing it feel less satisfied. So I want to take it to, I think, spy- so let's go to Spilo, because I think you wanted to say something, Spilo, but how do you relate on this general idea of like well do we want support cooldowns to be more frequent but less impactful
1: i mean i think sam said it really well i think more choices is better you know more counterplay, more choices more opportunity to to have impact and to do things And, and to take it back really quickly to like the support passive it's the things that just have automatic value that feel the most frustrating to play against and that's why the support passive is so frustrating it's not it was intended to be a quality of life change that i think was really really important but it has now crossed the line clearly into something that has affected the balance of things. And so when we talk about something like Onanade, right? The reason why Onanade is something that is hit or miss, depending on who you talk to, is because if you're playing Roadhog or Junker Queen or even a Ramacha, right? Onanade, what's your counterplay for that? You don't have a counterplay for that, not a clear counterplay for that, right? Even a Winston bubble, it can be tricky, but like there's basically not as much counterplay. But if you're playing a D.Va, Reinhardt, there's a lot more counterplay involved. And so the problem is, is that you have, um, you know, maybe it's a fundamental issue with Nade. My suggestion has always been the duration on tanks needs to be lower. I see no reason for three seconds on a tank. That's just stupid to me. Um, but the point needs to be shorter cooldowns, more choices, more counterplay. And you can't fix that by changing the cooldown You're increasing the cooldown. You decrease the frequency of that instance, but it still feels terrible. Uh, if they increased hog hook duration to 10 seconds, right? The cooldown, it would still feel terrible for somebody to get hooked. Uh, if they increased Suzu to 25 seconds, it still would feel terrible. So for me, it should be less, slightly less impactful abilities that are not game changing, that have counterplay and that are allow more frequent decisions. Um, and then they need to try to introduce through character design as well as ability design, abilities that always have counterplay, right? Like we talked about on and eight. I don't know that uh if we're going to either we either need to stop making characters like Roadhog or Malga, who you have zero way of playing around CDs and spam. They have nothing, right? Or we need to change the way that those tanks or the way that those abilities that those tanks struggle with the most. That's why you play Sigma because you don't have to worry. That's why you play Arisa, or That's why you play Zarya because you don't have to worry about these abilities. But so there's so many tanks and DPS and supports that don't have ways of playing around those things. And that's the problem.
0: Yil, I'm going to take it to you as someone again who's who's shopped around the the hero roster plenty. Like, do you do you do you agree with this idea that like you know we kind of want the supports cooldowns not necessarily because that is often a frequent complaint, right? Oh, they're just this one ability is is doing way too much. And so yeah. do we do we, do we we think this is a viable solution, potentially, or do you have one of your own?
2: No, I, I 100% agree that um, I think more fundamental changes rather than just making the cooldown longer. Um, one example that I really like to use a lot is that Baptiste's immortality field, it's been hated since Overwatch 1. It's not like a new thing, um, but it's also like a 25-second cooldown or something now, which is crazy. Why not, instead of just making it a longer cooldown, how about... You throw the lamp, and it has a longer wind-up time, like one second. That way, whoever's going to push in has a second to even either burn whoever's in it or just back up. Whereas right now, it's kind of like instant value, which I think is a bit of the problem. But I, I think in that world, then you can make immortality feel like 15 seconds, and maybe change like some other numbers on him to like balance things out. But I think the important part there is like you you introduce. A little bit more skill for the baptiste right because he has to get a really good read on the situation to throw a lamp and the lamp has to build up for like an extra second and then you also introduce like a moment of hey am i going to keep pushing this or am i going to run away now because they're using lamp and i think that's how they should approach more support heroes and honestly i think the balance team they're starting to move in that direction because like i said earlier with the the zenyatta discord or again i i kind of i guess i'll mention hog for a second um his vape having like a meter rather than a one-time use gives him more of a chance to like
1: outplay yeah. some abilities. That's true. That's true. So that's yeah, that's. Can I interject with lamp? Do. Sure. Yeah, go go what, what my my mindset is is not just introducing counterplay, but also giving more dynamic with how the ability is used, right? So, like for example, if you nerfed the roll passive for support, but then buffed like the the nade self healing, or even just left it, on, just reduce the cooldown. So now now Anna has to decide like, do I well I need nade for my own self, or will I need to be using it offensively? The problem with the mortality field and abilities like that is there's only one thing it does. There's no nuance with how or when it's used. You need it when somebody's going to die and that's it. So I don't want to, maybe not this specific idea, but in principle, I would like the idea of a damage reduction field where, you know, obviously I don't know if that'd be balanced or not, but you, you could see like where a tank trade, a lamp on a tank trade, if it was damage reduction, would be super valuable, but it means that you're vulnerable to an ultimate. Afterwards, okay, I'm not going to use my lamp on the tank trade. We're at a disadvantage of the tank trade because their tank has lamp and has fifteen percent damage reduction, or whatever. And then, but now we still have ours just in case they use an ultimate. You kind of see what I'm saying? Like, where right. when an ability does has like a couple of uses, like has different choices, it 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 introduces like not just counterplay, but it it makes you have to make a decision.
0: So mm. where I'll interject with that is that while I while I think that's a great idea for an ability. You're, we have to remember that this one is called immortality field, so yeah, of course it has. <laughs> I, I think the name like name you know, introduction the name, field doesn't quite right, do it. You know? Right, I think it's tied into the I, lore too. Right. This is like That's uh, true. this is where That's the true. hero design has to has to like come in somewhere, which is because 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 a lot of the times over the years we've had these abilities that have been problematic, right? Immortality field, Suzu as well, where. The community are, or at least sections of the community are yelling like, "Please just change this fundamentally, right? Like change what it does fundamentally." Yeah. And the devs have been resistant. And obviously, the reason is that it's also a game that needs to be marketed, and it needs to be like, the there right. needs to be unique things about each hero that they can kind of sell. And I think obviously, the resistance to changing something like that is that, well, this is the bat, this is the the identity as they refer to, right? Same with Hog, yeah, it's like, course. well, we could remove the the hook, but then this is the identity of the hero. So obviously, to I guess we're
1: like the hey, principle ahead. it's like even if it's not in the baptist example like just having that idea of, right like, let's not make abilities that only do one thing and so they have to be unbelievably powerful at that one thing because they're useless like if lamp isn't provide immortality field there's nothing else it does so of course it's gonna have to be and you can tweak the cooldown as long as you want it but it's it's still going to be a frustrating ability to play with and against
0: right and i agree with that as well i was thinking this as well i was playing some BAP earlier today and i was like I actually really like immortality as a thing to be able to use to peek a sniper. Like when you can just throw it on the corner and like peek a sniper. Because otherwise, again, the counterplay to one shots is very minimal. But then being able to do that as a support where it's like there's a Widow Hanzo and I'm like, I need to duel one you know, one or both of them right now. Yeah, here we go. Okay, now I can do something for my team. So I, I like, the like as you said, it's the ability for it to be used for different things is always more dynamic and more engaging. And I think that's where I like Yidl's idea as well that like the wind up time makes it less of a bail bail jail like get out of jail free card but it still has those uses of like i could still use it to peek a corner and i could still save a tank but it has to be a bit more predicted so i like the idea i want to take it to dan though before we get again we're going to get into specifics now but the last general big picture
4: idea dan on like all, all the things you've heard is there anything you kind of well, want to express for lamp i think one of the big issues is that you can put it behind the corner and then it's just like way stronger than it is in the open Because like the scenario you're talking about is I'm going to throw it down. I'm going to peek this Widow. Well, it's just behind the corner. She can't actively do anything other than back off. What I think a better scenario is you throw immortality and the Widow can shoot it. So she has to change targets and then come back to you, which I think is the good idea with immortality. Like it's a good idea to have target switching in the game, right? Like we throw immortality. People have to switch targets and then switch back. That is a good skill mechanic. Problem is, you throw a mortality lamp and it's behind the corner. You can't shoot it. So, like, I don't know how you change it. But, you know, if it had, like, a wider radius to cover the entire radius, just some way of, like, someone actually being able to shoot it would be very, like, a a very healthy change to lamp. Because I think a lot of the super strong scenarios for lamp is when it's just hidden behind the corner.
0: Sure. Totally fair point. Sam?
3: What's really fun, t- two things. One, I actually have preached about damage reduction field for years, too. I, I think it would be an easy solution for it, and I agree with Spile 100%, but Daniel, you're going to get a good kick out of what I was about to say. Oh, God. The suggestion I was about to make was actually the opposite of what you just said in that I wonder how LAMP would work if it would be less frustrating. If in, One of the big things I think Nate actually brought up way back in the day, SVB, was our buddy Nate Sin, for those of you who, who don't know um he he's now gone off in his own little world for for content creation he's been doing great so shout out to Nateson, um but that was well, the, he hated the target switching, and so did i so what if by shooting the target that is immortal like hit by immortality field it does a certain amount of damage to the drone without actually um breaking it and i haven't really put too much thought into that i think it'd be interesting i think the easier thing would be wait, wait, that the field so like for example say that, that that drone is on the other side of the corner right yeah and there's a soldier shooting from it right and you're on uh, you're on Hanzo right and you shoot the soldier any damage that i don't know how it would work maybe maybe like overshield him uh, over, yeah yeah so like if if you get him under that 50 health that additional damage at a certain percentage or maybe 100% whatever it may be goes to the immortality field oh, okay. and it's not just nothing Right, I'm not sure how that would work because again, that would stop the target. Just something I was thinking about, and I was gonna bring it up today. I was curious how people, what people thought about I, that. If that saw I I don't yet.
4: mind that idea. Um, I'm curious why you dislike the target switch. Though I feel like that's good for the game. Like it's like a skill increase, right?
3: No, just it makes my job harder for what looking down and pressing e but, and that? <laughs> like you know. It's not like it, it, like the amount. But I'm of talking effort... about like
4: against it, right?
3: What do you mean? Like, you're saying, like, from my like perspective, you're going are... up against the mortality field? Yeah, yeah, or... if you're a
4: DPS, and, like, you're, you're fighting BAP, and then you have to shoot the Lamp, and then you have to shoot BAP, isn't that good for the game? Because you have to target no, switch? No,
3: it's, it's annoying. It's, it's annoying. It, it, it could be, but it depends.
0: Oh, is that me?
3: have to do anything other than use the ability oh, on themselves. I, I got cut off. I
4: missed what oh, you said. Yeah, got, oh, I, I, think, well, I think, I think Discord,
0: Discord might have the had Discord a moment. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, 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 Go yeah. ahead.
3: So it's, it's about what he actually does to make me do that, right? Like, for example, say that it's a two players there, right? And another threat comes in my face that I have to address, like, Mm. that other player had to make a ton of decisions to actually shoot me, they had to execute, they had to do something, right? But the drone automatically does that no matter what I do, right? So, it's, I'm, no matter what I'm doing as a player, I'm answering to the power of that. I, I think if, I think if there was a different kind of setup to it, it would be less frustrating, and it can make the game more difficult and add more decisions, right? But it's forcing me to change, actually, I don't even think I am making a decision there. I think I have no choice but to shoot that drone. Um, so maybe I need to work on how I can elaborate that point a little bit better. I, but.
4: Yeah, so I, I have a different view. I feel like those kind of target switches are actually kind of interesting and skillful for the game. I do get what you're saying with like, it's the only option so, like, now I'm thinking, like, you know, what if it was just a damage reduction, and then you have, like, that choice and you of, have to oh. choose
3: between is yeah, yeah, it yeah. worth it to yeah, shoot this guy yeah, or like break the drone first, right? Yeah, and yeah. that's why I like the idea of a damage reduction. Yeah, I do like that.
1: But Maybe the overhealth is, like, more with the overhealth or shield or whatever damage is, is a larger percentage, but the lamp itself has a smaller HP pool. So, if you do switch target... Oh,
0: Discord might have had a moment again, gamers. Wait up. Sorry, apologize for those listening. Discord is seemingly... Like, everything else is fine.
2: We're back, we're back.
1: We're back, we're back, we're back. I was saying that, like, maybe the overshield or overhealth granted is greater than the the lamp health. So if you swap targets to the lamp, you're right, rewarded I like that. It. If you can't yeah. swap targets, then you can burn through.
3: Yeah, that decision, I that, that I would be much more okay with, and that's, like, mm. my big frustration with Drone, is, like, I didn't feel, like, as a DPS player, and again, this is why I feel like my, the DPS role has just been the weakest role in the game, for, aside from one or two choice characters like Echo and Overwatch 1 who could copy the other roles, right, and doesn't have to play <laughs> by the rules, and copy was so, so strong in, in the latter half, it, it just seems like overrides have been constantly given to, like, other characters, or other roles, and I... The hard part is, because I, I like playing support too, right? You don't want to completely remove that from support. Like, it feels like has happened with Ana, where her cooldown is so, so high now, right? Yeah. You want to find a healthy medium that both players have a chance to make the proper decision. And it, that, that adds so much skill ceiling to the game, and it just feels like... the It doesn't feel like you're losing to the game, it feels like you're losing to the player, right? And I, that that, as a DPS player, is so frustrating. So, finding that, like, happy medium between both, like you said, Dan, it's like, okay, am I shooting the player or am I shooting the drone? Because that that, that does add it in that circumstance. It's about how you get there, though, and I think that could be improved on fundamentally. Kind of like Zen Discord. I think Zen Discord is the first time they've done that in a long time, and it'd be awesome to see them take a similar approach uh, to other support abilities that are complained about.
0: Yeah, I just want to take a moment here to appreciate that this is why I like hosting the podcast so I can bring together people with cool ideas, and we saw in real time kind of an idea get thrown out suggestions counter suggestions iteration okay well what if we did that don't do this so i think this is where you know getting it's, people it's an interesting who, idea yeah yeah getting people who know their shit can really be helpful because they can kind of bring that perspective of like oh well, well you're you, this needs to do that it needs to do that and then i like i like the final product what we've come into with uh Yidl, anything from your end before we kind of let's we'll dive into some specifics so anything on your end that you want to feedback on, on what was talked about there
2: no that was pretty much it i think i think we got most of it um I guess solve the only other guys. character... Yeah, that's Lamp. <laughs> how, how do you solve a, a cleanse, though? Anyone else got beef with that one?
3: <laughs> I think an, the easiest thing that you could do without gutting the ability is getting rid of the intangibility.
1: Agreed. Um, yep. I, I could I do think, less.
3: I, I think... I think you can reduce the cooldown again to make it not as, as bad. I, what was it? Was it originally 12? Is that what it originally was? Or was it 14 originally?
4: I think it was 14, yeah. I don't think it was ever 12. Oh, I
3: like You know, I, I think the intangibility does so much more than what the cleanse was intended to do in general, in that, like, for example, if you're playing Doomfist, right, like, you, like, there have been plenty of times where I inadvertently get myself killed by going through players that I just have no way of knowing when that Kiriko is gonna go through. I could have set up the, I could have symphony, the the fight, orchestrated it perfectly. I've used two sets of rotations to force them back. I forced a ton of support cooldowns, but that is on a 15 second, you know, cooldown, which is like my second cycle on Doomfist because the slam is seven seconds, right? And I'll do everything perfectly and then I'll go straight through somebody and then I'm just stuck in their team dead. But I wanted to impact here so that I could anchor on a corner or something. Or even worse, there was one game I actually lost by trying to use my copy as Echo in ninety nine ninety nine one 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 overtime and you can't copy a target that Suzu, Oof. So I just, I, just, I just died, and I was like, are you serious? Like, like what did he do? Like, why should his ability not let me use my ult, right? So I think getting rid of the intangibility wouldn't remove the identity of the character, but would it feel a lot better for other players playing into it, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. I'll let Dan I respond. Think,
4: yeah, I think as a Kiriko, like, I can get down with that, like, there are some things that are not going to weaken the character a lot. Like, for example, removing the boop from Suzu. <laughs> Why was the boop there in the first place? Why did yeah. it have that on top of everything else? I can see, like, removing... Uh, I-, I call it the phasing effect. Um, like, the phasing effect on Suzu. Like, if they remove that, I don't think Kiriko would be much weaker. And, you now, as a Kiriko player, I use it sometimes. You know, specifically against Doomfist to, like, make him punch through. But it's pretty rare that I actually use that. It's, like, not the main reason for the ability. So, like, if that got taken away, yeah, it should be a bit weaker, probably. But it wouldn't be massive, and it would be quite easy to, like, make something else just a little bit stronger to make up for it. So I don't mind that at all. Uh, before we move on, I just want to touch on Zen. This is kind of a bit oh a yeah, topic, sure, I guess. Sure. But um, I I've talked about changing zen for a long time i played a lot of support and i always try to play zen and i hate playing zen i'm just talking about previous patch because you're just spamming the buttons and like it just to me that doesn't feel good especially if you're using on mouse wheel and for the longest time i talked about you know putting stuff on the cooldowns i would love to see them go further and put harmony on a cooldown make it match the discord because that's what zen is meant to have like these matching abilities and now it's like one's a spam ability and one's like one with a cooldown. I think it'd be really cool to have, like, Harmony on a cooldown, and this god on a cooldown, and it would make him feel bad to play, in my opinion, as well, instead of, like, this spammy ability that you just only spam. So, I'd love to see him take it a little bit further.
3: Can I add on to that? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I, I think they actually kind of inadvertently did that with the Harmony changes, right? Because, generally speaking, and Spilo, correct me if I'm wrong, like, a lot of the time that Harmony ends up on a flanker, and yeah. now that it can stay on that flanker longer, mm. I think that you might have to spam it less, I see what you're I will, saying, though. I, can Does that I? Just make sense? Yeah. Can I just yeah. quickly yeah. chime
0: in? As someone who has played a little bit of Zen actually recently is that I definitely find it to be much more AFK now. Like both orbs are much more. They're almost like an Iliari situation where you kind of just put them on a thing and then you just all in on shooting. Because, but because like mm. with the Discord <laughs> thing, it used to be that like you could be a bit more dynamic with how you cycle. Because what ends up happening is like let's say you're you're fighting like a corner. Different people peak at like different times, right? you're kind of like, okay, that guy's pushing up, discord him. That This person's there, discord them. But now that there's that cooldown, that's like, obviously, the, the negative side of that is you're kind of spamming potentially, right? It's like, it can be potentially spammable a little bit brainlessly. But the flip side of it now is that you kind of are almost hesitant to put it on someone because you're like, if I put it on this guy and then he immediately goes around the corner, it's kind of wasted. So you kind of, the big incentive now, at least just for me, my playtime was like, I'm just going to wait for the tank to go in, then I'll put it on him. And I'm just going to like, AFK. And again, similarly with the Harmony, because it's like you don't want to spend it stays for so long now it's like i'm just gonna leave it on this guy he'll he'll fuck off Or like my other support will take care of the vast majority i'm gonna leave it on this guy's flanking and then you're just all in on the shooting and i definitely felt Easy solution go
1: sorry ahead, go, go ahead, go ahead Spilo. no i was gonna say let I me conclude gonna... by saying
0: i just felt like sure. i was thinking about my orbs a lot less than i used to before the patch i was just kind of throwing them out
1: a solution would be to leave the cooldown at zero um, but there's an, but you, it decays after five seconds, the HPS decays, not by anything major, but like, let's say it goes from 30 HPS to 20 HPS. If you leave it on a target for five seconds, uh, and there's an internal cooldown before you can reapply the Harmony Orb. So you put it on somebody, uh, the cooldown still zero, but the internal cooldown for the decay is as like three seconds, whatever. So you're not punished for swapping targets first off. You need to be able to encourage people to swap targets. However, if you leave the harmony orb for anybody for longer than five seconds, the efficacy of that harmony orb is reduced. So you're encouraged to make more decisions about where you place your harmony orb, but you're also not punished for pointing out a flanker that LOSs it and then it breaks, and then you're like, "Oh no, I'm on a cooldown now." I like that idea, but
4: I think, like visually, it's it's. Go- I think it's gonna punish oh, yeah. the lo- it's go- low level players. Also, yeah, that's always a question. Re- yeah
0: also the two things to add to that as well they did the degenerate thing before because i was a big fan of degenerate degeneracy i don't know a better way to say but like i I remember in Overwatch one i was like what about mercy having a beam degeneration they tried that with her healing and they were like no we don't like this and also complicated i don't remember that they tried it just now when they were changing a bunch of mercy stuff where they were like i can't remember when it was but they definitely tried it and they were like it's not it doesn't feel good and were then, you talking
3: about the season two changes, where like they were above half health, they were right, totally. right, yes. So and it's like that it does less, so broken, right. And it's
0: uh, like what I would a, say then is, have and, a and it's the other thing just to be like, it's complicated, what the devs would say, right?
4: Oh, it's too yeah, complicated yeah. to explain to a player. Yeah. I think a cooldown yeah. and then just like you know, it lasts for four seconds would be yeah. just really nice for everyone, mm-hmm.
0: right? Okay, uh, is anyone else any more thoughts on this general stuff, Sam?
3: I might have a segue to another character on that point, unless you have something you want to bring up right now, SvB. Well, I'm just gonna yeah, go us t- I'm to going to take it over to. I'm and on going on. too hard on support. Yeah, yeah. Take it. You take yeah, it. Yeah, let's I'm go to Hog now because we've,
0: spoke, we've spoken a lot directly about supports, and obviously this is, di- this is supposed to discuss the you know all three roles. And I, and I recognize that you know we kind of all feel like the support cooldowns are perhaps the most central thing in the game right now. that kind of dictate a lot of the fights and how they go. So it's, it's worthwhile talking about them. But let's talk about tank for a minute and, and most specifically Roadhog because it has been, obviously it's the only new thing tank has gotten in a while so of course it's going to be discussed a lot but there's been loads of takes ranging from this makes the guy broken, this is useless, it doesn't change anything, some people are somewhere in between, yeah, I saw like a lot of the Roadhog mains are quite happy, Six said he was quite happy with the changes. So and actually, Nate's son that Samito brought up earlier, he was saying I like this change. Like I, oh, and actually, he was disliking the change, but Frito liked the change.
3: Frito was like,
0: <laughs> Nate's son said I don't like this change because me as a Hulk main, I had gotten down the right click distance, so it was like that was my skill. Frito says no, actually, I think he's more flexible now and I can do way more now. So there's a lot of opinion. I want to take it to Yidol first. Yes, the most. I want to take it to Yidol first as the as the resident tank representative. Gidl, thoughts on the Pigpen Roadhog new iteration?
2: Yeah, I think uh, new Roadhog is like 100% better than old hog in terms of like his ability to do things. I think a lot of uh, longtime Roadhog players won't be happy for, because like I think the, the fantasy for Roadhog is just hit the hook, get the one shot. And I think that's something that longtime hog players will always want. And so you can kind of do something like that with, like, pig pen, throw it down, set up, hook, pull him into it. But I think that's, like, his main gimmick as a tank. Like, it's his ability to just hook someone and then pop them. Also, sometimes he just counters other tanks like Winston, where he just holds mouse one on them. But um, overall, I think they did buff him, but I, I still think they, they kind of missed with it. Because, like, it's them trying to get the middle ground of giving him, you know, that one shot. But also trying to make him generally more useful. So I feel like I feel like they gotta choose one or the other. Either completely rework him so he's not that one shot tank anymore, or just give him the one shot and make that his thing. Because I think that's the reason why people play him. But overall, I think I think uh, good changes. I like the vape. I think vape's good now that you can just use it more flexibly. I've noticed that like versus a Reinhardt matchup, if I get pinned or something mid vape or a bunch of things, if I get stunned, I can just vape again, which is it's nice to have because. If you don't have that vape and you're you're cut out of it, you're kind of screwed. So,
0: yeah, the hog changes are one area where I was left a little bit confused because a lot of the discussion in the talk that Alec had with with Boger and Six was that oh, we wanted to make Roadhog more team based or something. I think that was like a lot of what they kept saying. We wanted to make him play with his team more, and I don't see remotely how this does that. And I, I have felt that confusion with sometimes when they've changed things where they'll say. We want this to be the goal, and the the result isn't the goal. So mm. in many ways, I feel like this doesn't change too much about Roadhog other than just kind of move some things around. But it doesn't necessarily remove the frustration of Roadhog players. Uh, I'm curious if let's a, a, any of you guys agree, but Sam, let's go to you first.
3: Uh, I have an alley for Spilo because I know what his take is going to be. I, there, there's a couple <laughs> There's a of things that I want to bring up here. I, I think Karku's tweet summarized it best where I, I got a good kick out of this where he said... Bottom line is basically nobody knows what they want with this character, and
0: oh no, Discord again. Apologies, guys. Discord is borking once more. One, well, here's, and I think my. Oh, Discord we board. We're, we're, Discord yeah, board. Yeah, we
1: cut it yeah, for the last 10 seconds.
3: Last, last 10 seconds? Oh just, my no,
0: just we No, yeah, we got yeah. the you starting Carcuse tweet. You were starting Carcuse <laughs> tweet.
3: Okay, yeah, so I, I think what made that my favorite part about Twitter was was Carcuse tweet where he just said nobody knows what they actually want, right? You're having so many different takes out there which is why I waited on mine because I wanted to kind of see where his power level was. I think I was right on his power level in that as of right now, if this hog came out compared to the other hog. I actually think the other hog was better because of that heal buff we talked about in the previous group up that I was on with. Like, that heal mate, like, after completing the heel, getting a heal buff for free was really, really good. He's definitely a little bit more versatile now. I think Pigpen is a fun ability. I think it's lore accurate. I'm going to be uh, queuing with my East Coast buddies playing Hog Junkrat, playing the lore, lore comp. <laughs> especially watch out for Junkertown, right? Um, Now... Did it achieve their mission of making Hog more team oriented? No, it's it, it's 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 the same counters, it's the same thing. And the reality is, if he's gonna solo tank, that identity like you can try to mitigate it. But I saw I put a clip of Dirt playing in the scrims in group up last night, and it's just you know he just gets ulted, slapped, you know the the whole thing, it just gets absolutely floored by like a sig comp right. Um, and I just saw it was really funny because I was like, look, as long as you're shallow tank and there's a character like hog he's it's the strat is just gonna be dump, 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 dump into him in a five five roll lock environment specifically in open queue, which I've actually been playing a little bit recently, which has been surprisingly fun. I can't believe I'm saying this I've actually like it was <laughs> it was a different game it was it was it was very, very it was a weird feeling that I'll have to keep playing with to see if I actually like it or not. Um, but I, I don't really think that it accomplished the mission. I think it's better from an ability standpoint and but they'll have to tweak like obviously they're gonna buff breather but if you let him spam breather and he becomes unkillable and he comes really good the game is miserable right so it's i I really do feel for blizzard here on this one because i think specifically in this format they've kind of walked themselves into a corner with roadhog that i don't think you can get out of which is why i haven't really had a big bad take on it yet um, but I know what Spilo's is going to say. So I'm going to alley my kind of neutral, you know, neutral. I like pig pen seems kind of fun. New, new primary fire is fun, but in terms of actual viability, it didn't really change anything. And I'll let Spilo take it from there. Cause I know you had, you had some opinions on it. I saw your, video. yeah,
1: it's just not a rework, you know, like, it's just not a rework. Like, I think like by any sense of the word, you gave him a new ability whose impact is, hit or miss right and and by their own metric whether it was the frustration of hook or you know more team play playing more frontline presence i think was the term no it, it it doesn't do that like pig an ability that you throw in the floor in the front line is not frontline presence where it's immediately broken like i think in theory pig pin could have or provide frontline presence but it just doesn't it doesn't do that 90 percent of the time so i think the difficulty with hog I'll, I'll agree with what sumito says is that he's the he's the tank that has probably the least consistent anyway counterplay with whatever's thrown his way so i always like to talk about like how you know other tanks should and can and need counterplay with people focusing down with its matrix or shield or mobility or something hog doesn't have any of that and hog still doesn't have any of that so he's it's very rewarding to put all of your resources into roadhog and it will always be rewarding unless he becomes so unkillable through these vape changes or whatever that then now it feels terrible for the other side as well um i, I do think that hog is almost as close to a fundamentally flawed character and i think like we were talking about the car q we need to find out what do we want this character to do like what is the purpose of roadhog do we want him to be the one-shot guy this is the cheat's character are we comfortable with him just being you know a not great character kind of niche kind of cheesy though the otps in east coast will still use them in which case then why are we reworking this character why do we devote how many developer resources to do nothing nothing like nothing he 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 has a little bit more dynamic the and the i like the vape changes for sure but like sombra's change while still has still needs a little bit of work but at least change the character what made most frustrating about the character in overall alleviated some of the some of the frustration definitely introduced some new issues but mostly was i think i would rather play against new sombra than old sombra personally and i would rather play new sombra than old sombra and and she's more viable in more situations as well that's what a rework does is it it keeps aspects of the characters still intact but improves their dynamics removes some of the crappy things about them playing versus them and removes some of the crappy things playing as them i know not everyone will agree with that the sombra rework but that was my take that's why I liked it. Roadhog doesn't do that. I think Roadhog doesn't do that. I think Roadhog still struggles with what he did in Overwatch or in previous re- iterations. And whether he's better or worse, I'm honestly not too sure. I don't really think it matters, to be honest with you. Because if he's, if he's not strong, then we can always tweak some numbers here and there, right? But number tweaks aren't going to fix this, I don't think. I just don't think they're going to fix it.
0: Yeah, your, your cat either strongly agrees or strongly disagrees with you back here, <laughs> But I mean, I think... I think it's actually interesting while you were talking there, a, a, a term that I just thought that maybe we can use, and I, I haven't really heard anyone use this, but you know, we often talk about damage mitigation on tanks, but there's like ability mitigation, right? And I think that's right. what Diva, Zarya, Sigma, Ryan they provide ability mitigation, and that's where they're able to dodge things like nade or sleep. Whereas someone like Roadhog, Junker Queen, Malga coming up, they have no ability mitigation. They can't necessarily stop themselves from being hit by a thing. And I guess that ends up being the fundamental problem of the tank role is that if we look at the the tanks that have been played the most recently, it is Zarya, Orisa, basically the tank and Sigma now, the tanks that can just negate certain things thrown at them. And I wonder if that's a fundamental problem. I want to kind of talk to Dan real quick about any of what we talked about here, but I also want to bring that issue up or highlight the issue of like... Is there any getting around this ability mitigation? I know Sam will say, well, it's a 5v5 issue. Is that if only one tank can mitigate, if only one tank has to play, then they all have to have the ability to mitigate abilities or they just get dumpstered. But first, Dan, uh, I'll take it to you.
4: I'm just gonna talk about this purely from the support POV because I don't play Roadhog and I don't like Roadhog. From, <laughs> from the Support POV, uh, he's actually really fun to play against because you just control the <laughs> lobby. Um anyone picks Roadhog, like I pick Anna and I start throwing nades at him and he just gets completely dumpstered. If we already have an Anna, I pick Kiriko for my hog, and I just Suzu the Antis. So like I have a lot of control over the game when either against Roadhog or with Roadhog. But like you're saying, you know, that that's an issue. Uh, if you're going to design the game that way, where like the Roadhog doesn't have the control, he's completely reliant on his supports. Like, I don't feel like way uh, against Sigma. Like I feel like Sigma controls the lobby when I'm playing support. Like I can't get any cooldowns into him. He's always got a shield up. You know, Sigma probably needs a little bit less, but then, you know, Zaya, for example, Zaya's got really nice cooldown usage, and I feel like I can slip cooldowns in between the shields. So I feel like Zaya's the good middle ground. It's like, I think the question you got to ask is, you know, do you want the design of the game to be that one hero has to be so reliant on other heroes? Because, like, it's not like the whole tank roster is so reliant on support. So, you know, do we want the design of the game to be that, you know, Roadhog and Mauga? It's definitely going to be an issue with Malgo. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Like, do we want the design to be that they have to be reliant on other heroes? That's going to be an issue in some way. You know, it's a it's a team game. You know, you're going to have to pick counterplays at some point. But it's definitely the worst with like Rotog and Maugo.
0: Yid, I want to take it to you real quick. I have another fundamental thing I'm going to bring up. But let's just talk about this, this idea of like ability mitigation in a one tank world. Is this something that can ever be solved with Roadhog? Like, is it ever like, or or characters like him? Like, is there ever a, a solution other than perhaps them just being really, really buffed? Like the the one exception I can think of with like Junker Queen meta was like when well, she was just really strong. Is that the only mm. solution?
2: Yeah. I think, um, the, the balance team needs to look at heroes specifically in a tank role that get countered by like one or two swaps. I feel like if any of the, the heroes get countered by just one or two heroes, then it's a problem because you could have that same scenario in Overwatch 1, and I, I can just play ball on day, all day. I was able to play ball all the time every season without too much of a problem. But now it just, it's so easy to get countered by just one or two heroes. So they, they need to figure out how to, uh, to make that not as frequent. And I always say the way to go about it is, yeah, you can either buff the tanks to have more you know, tools to deal with it. The um, example the Roadhog vape. Being able to use it multiple times still doesn't solve everything. Maybe, maybe add like, no, I'm not even going to go down that route. Even the words. Go that. Uh, yeah, or, or you can just like start nerfing the things that are too strong against the tanks in particular. It's just one of the two ways you can go about it. But right now, I think, again, my, mostly on my hit list is just immortality fields, immortalities, and Ana. That's it. Mm-hmm.
1: Those are my main beefs as a tank player. I think so there's like didn't... three ways to approach it. Sorry. Exactly. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say you, you need to introduce counterplay by giving the tank character the ability to outplay things like, like I said, the Sigma Cesarius. I mean, honestly, even Winston, like Winston has jump, Winston has bubble, like Winston maybe struggles with like a Bastion or whatever, but you, you can play around Sleep and Nade and CC. And, and they're, if we have Malga and Roadhog in their current state, I say Malga, but you know. They don't have that level of counterplay which i think is a fundamental flaw with the design but i also think that you could you could do it three ways right you introduce counterplay through the tank design you nerf the worst offenders i've always been a big proponent of this there's no reason for bastion to be in its current state there's no reason that Nade needs to be lasting three seconds of tanks like that we can look at that in a case-by-case basis there's no reason for discord to be spammed at full efficacy on tanks at least previous right and then I also think that you could look at the tank passive, or maybe not a tank by tank role, but maybe we look at how fundamentally vulnerable tanks are to repeatedly spamming of CC and abilities. Um, either one of those three things, preferably not just one, um, but I, I think that's those are one of those solutions, if not all of them, are something we should be looking at. Because it's not just Ana. It's not just Ana. I mean, the clip, even Sumido, the, the one from the Sigma comp, there was no Ana there. It was May and, you know, Sigma and even just Batista, oh, right? There wasn't even an Ana. Oh, there man. wasn't an Ana, right? There was no Ana and this Roadhog freaking feels awful. He got nanded by his Ana. That's the only reason like, he went Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, so it's like, obviously, Ana is one of the worst defenders, if not the worst defender. But it, it's not, people talk about like, oh, we need to Urphana and Urphana. I agree with the nade duration thing, but it's there's so much more that's part of that problem. And I also think Roadhog's design, like I said, falls partly in blame mm-hmm.
3: as well. Yeah, SVB. Um, remember when everybody said five v five roll lock was easier to balance? <laughs> look at how long the list could, is of these things. You had to go there. And and I'm just gonna say, I know I am because this is the easiest solution. The reality is, like, look, the, the reality is the amount of changes that you might get things to work on to that has to be changed for a character like Maga, a character like Roadhog to like find their play style in the roll lock format specifically. OpenQ also solves this, by the way, which is. I'm really scared that I might end up becoming a Nateson and being like open Q might be the answer, right? Because again, like I, and this is something I like to be fair, I'm gonna have to put a lot more thought into before I really go down this path because I didn't really ever sit down and think about how different 6v6 roll lock, 5v5 roll lock and 6v6 open queue and 5v5 open queue would be so I don't I, I really need to think about that before I really come to a distinct conclusion. But here's what I can say without a doubt about 5E5 Rolock. It is much harder to balance this. There are way easy there are, it's much more difficult to get to this solution. And SVB, here here's my take and I'm just going to say it. You ever heard the joke about the guy who swam was swimming across the English Channel and there was like it's a, it's some joke where he's like, "Yeah, I got halfway there and I couldn't finish, so I swam back." Right? <laughs> We're not at the halfway point yet for 5v5 roll lock. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I don't even think we're at the halfway point because it's a year in. Moga's about to come out and he's just as vulnerable as Roadhog is, right? So unless that character has no flaws or no weaknesses, where does it end up stopping? How much of the rest of the game do you have to change to just make one new character be able to get picked and be somewhat fun and rewarding? right? So I don't think there's an answer for this. I, that, that's just been my opinion on this. I don't think there's a way around getting Hog to fit into this without, like, literally completely destroying the character's identity. And like Spilo said, you know, in, in that one clip I showed, that I linked, which was pretty funny, there wasn't even an Ana. How many characters have to get completely changed just to maintain the identities of the characters in this format that forces that tank to just get counterpicked, 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 counterpick, counterpicked. And it's the easiest way to play the game. Right? Like Edel said, you could play ball all day in Overwatch 1. Even when Brig and Bap were still super, super strong, c- counters into them. Like, can you say the same thing now? I mean, it's probably, you, maybe you can, but it's a bit harder depending on the map. But if you had another tank to fill that spot for you, or just some other kind of comp that you could run, you had a better chance. So, you know, I, I just want to point out that we're a year in, of the past a year, and we're still running into the same problems. And it's, an, it's a recursive loop, and it's going to keep being like that for the rest of the game's history, as long as it's in this format.
0: So I, I'm going to bring up two things. Two, like big picture philosophical ideas to kind of vibe off of what you're saying there sam and i appreciate the passion you always bring with this i've noticed there's a strong 6v6 crew that have rallied around you now they always come out they was like sam's That's- our man 6v6 let's go <laughs> and there's two things i'll say it's fun i think fun. i think the first thing is that I, I as you know i'm as big a hater of the counter swapping as there was like i have maybe the first hater like you know i was like right from the go i was like this is not something we want but perhaps one solution to this, or one idea to this is that our perspective is fundamentally flawed where we talk about balance of characters like Hogg as a permanent state when perhaps in reality it's like well, Hog is only good for two minutes of a match, and that's fine, right? It's like, or Hog is good if the enemy supports refuse to swap, which I've seen many times. Right? I think the, the hidden thing about Road Hog is if the enemy supports want to run like Moira, Life Weaver, or something, you fucking farm all day. Like, there's nothing killing you now. Like, you just do whatever you want, and the enemy Hog will not die. So, it's possible that rather than thinking about Hog as like, well, yes, he will just get countered. And I actually had a few games today where like I was on my alt, it was a bit lower SR. It was like maybe low master or something, it was like hog mirrors all day. And while I'm picking Ana and doing my best, people weren't i from just running hog all day every day because the when you go past the point where people do know how to counter the hero, it like the a viability of it opens up so much more. And again, even at the high level, maybe it's like, okay, I play him for two minutes, I force that guy to swap. Maybe that's the world the devs want, right? So that's point A. Maybe that's the new vision of Overwatch 2, where it's like as a tank, it's not about being viable all the time, it's about like phases and swapping in and out Mm -hmm. b point to your let's bring back 66 we're not halfway across the english channel yet uh i i think the better fight tactically from someone with no no horse in the game no skin in the game i think the better fight tactically would be to go back to open queue because Mm -hmm. personally i i have also for a long time quietly felt like in fact when they first announced roll queue was coming i actually made a video being like this is bad in the, in the end, I, I kind of came around to the roll lock and, and the sanity it brought, particularly to, to quick play. I think it really solved quick play a lot where previously people would just lock whatever they want. They don't give a shit. But I think that whenever I think about the people who've missed the early Overwatch, what they really missed was that freedom of open yes. queue, I think. And I think if we were to go back to a frontier, it would be probably more productive to try and make open queue work, especially in a world where... Tanks are already moving into the DPS side of, like, we're brawling and we're yeah. off-angling. And supports are also moving into the DPS side of, like, we occupy spots and we off-angle. Not only for its balance POV, but it might just be the one thing that could be advertised well enough to bring back a large swathe but, of yes. people who once gave up on our watch. So they would actually be able to be like, oh, they brought back Open Queue. The, oh, the fucking one thing I hated about was that we went to Roll Queue. All right, I'll yeah. give it a shot now that we went to Open Queue. You, I'll let you quickly respond, Sam, and then i want to take it to you yeah. and Dan because I haven't heard from them in a while.
3: And as time goes on, I'm starting to realize that my arguments are not, hey, 66 was the best format. I think particularly in 5v5, roll lock can't work. It can't work well. So I'd absolutely be willing to have that open queue discussion. I think you're right in that. It takes it more back to the classic Overwatch feel. The queue times would be lower, much more competitive in the industry. You could still have some kind of preferred role queue in that, hey, what are you willing to play in this game, right? It wouldn't be the end-all means to it all, right? And there definitely would be some newer problems. Um, But I'm curious if the big sustain comps like GOATS that were the big problem would be as viable in the open queue format. And I think, you know, SVB, i absolutely be willing to cater my arguments that i've made towards that open queue environment and i think that what i'm realizing that it's it's not i'm not necessarily ride or die 6v6 train i'm more so i just know at this point that 5v5 roll lock is just not the best format for this game um, right so yeah i appreciate you fleshing that out for me
0: no yeah I again i don't have a skin in the game but in terms of ideas and trying to experiment with making a much more healthy I definitely think that's something to think about especially if you because you know we haven't really tried rebalancing it towards opening queue either but anyways i digress i'm gonna take it to Yidel first and then dan afterwards Yidel just your thoughts on this, this this idea of like the fundamental way the tank plays and and how it can fit into watch two.
2: um so i think like if we're talking 5v5 6v6 still I think 5v5 is already here, so we might as well try to make it work. I don't think we've done a good enough job of making it work. We kind of just got the heroes of 6v6 and threw them into 5v5, even though it's fundamentally a...
0: Uh Uh-oh, okay. Discord, for a moment, again, this should take no longer than five or so seconds, so I'm just going to keep rambling so there's no dead air, but in a couple of seconds... No, actually make changes. Yil, sorry, we lost you for a moment.
2: Oh, damn, where was I? Uh, just, just <laughs> so go, are we're, we're stuck with 5v5.
0: Right, yeah, we're oh, stuck right, with
2: right. We're already here, so I feel like, I feel like the main thing is that they haven't made changes to fundamentally change the heroes for 5v5, like, enough. And it's only in recent patches, like the last support patch. It wasn't perfect. There's definitely way more room for improvement, but they're starting to show signs of life where they're willing to change the game a bit more. And I think as they start to do that, um, things will come together because, again, like, these heroes were designed for 6v6. You're right. Absolutely. I think 6v6 Overwatch, peak Overwatch, is just better. But again, we're already here, and I really doubt we're going to go back. So I just feel like they should give a better um, attempt at fundamentally changing a lot of the heroes. That's really what we need, I think.
0: Dan, I want to take it yeah. to you now.
4: Um, I think that queue is probably fun to play. <laughs> But I think, like, uh, if you switch back to 6v6 or you switch to open queue as the main format, you're going to have massive balance issues that needs to be fixed. Like, I think it's it's nice to jump into open queue and have a good time, but, like, nobody's optimizing in open queue. Like, people are kind of just playing it for fun. As soon as people play it as the main mode, like, you're going to see compositions emerge and there's going to be balance issues again. There's always going to be balance issues. So I don't think fixing you can fix balance via changing the game mode there's always going to be balance issues especially with like new heroes come into the game all the time and people figuring out new ways to play um the, i mean the one thing i have for open queue is that the queue times would be good again that would be really nice uh, your queue times must have been
3: miserable what's that been like for you going from like support being the least queued role to now your times are just are they are they super super high
4: i switched from dps one of the big reasons not the main reason but one of the big reasons i switched from dps to support was for the queue times i hate queue times man i just want (laughs) to play the game i get so sad when i'm just sat in queue for 20 minutes like Mm -hmm. that's just ridiculous but yeah that would be one good part of open queue either way i don't think like switching the game mode is the fix so yeah i absolutely think like oh by the way I keep bringing this up uh, on my stream I swear like early on in Overwatch 2 they made like a blog post where they were like oh we want to make uh you know heroes basically being able to be one-tricked viable right I don't like I don't know where the blog post was or where I read it and they definitely didn't say the words one trick but they were like you know we want to make heroes more viable on their own rather than switching all the time like they legitimately said like we don't want counterplay to be the way, I just don't know where the blog post was. It was wanted. early in Overwatch Two. It was as the
3: game came out, and then they it, talked about how. Yeah. Go ahead, as They the lied.
0: And I was gonna say I think it was one of the yeah. interviews with a different publication. So I don't think it was a developer blog, oh. but I think it was one of those like, you know, IGN or something. They did an interview with people, and this you're right. They said a couple of things. They were like, we want to take it back to our PvP roots, and we mm. want people to be able to like kind of play what they want to play, and not worry mm. about like you know swapping. And again, that was also one of the major arguments for paywalling the heroes was that we think that people don't, oh, switch. Yeah. we don't, people don't switch too much, and so even if we added heroes to the paywall, it doesn't matter because if you wanted to play a hero, you would you would get them, and that's all that matters. And then, of course, I don't think again, I don't think they maliciously did it, but you know, it was their argument for for, yeah, for paywalling heroes, and, and now we're in a situation where you need to switch all the time.
3: And those heroes are still paywall. I was going to bring this up. It is absurd. That Junker Queen, and Ramatra even now, that have been out for a year, are still locked unless you buy them or complete these hero challenges. Like, again, they need to do what Warzone did, in that after the next season, when the OP guns that were level 15 in the battle pass came out, they were accessible to everybody. But that's not the case right now. Like, a couple of my buddies texted me, and they were like... Hey, you know, I don't have Junker Queen unlocked. Like, I haven't played... Like, my, my IRL friends will dabble in and out of the game, and they were like, Hey, like, how do I unlock Junker Queen, right? And I'm like, it's still locked? Like, it's, it, it's really, really silly that these heroes have been out for a year, year and a half, maybe two years, and they're still behind a paywall or and or a playwall at all, right? They should just be accessible to everybody, especially when those heroes like kiriko can be super pickable and super good and frankly essential like that that needs to get changed like if it's out for over a year are people really still buying it or is that really worth the revenue for blizzard I, I just don't think that the competitive integrity is there but oh that, that it, might be a bit of a tangent um
4: it's definitely a tangent but the revenue is definitely there just uh, just a good example here my girlfriend plays overwatch like a very small amount and uh she she wanted to play i think it was a Lari, and like, she didn't realize that you can just go and unlock Ilari. Like, if you go click the top right, like, it's so hidden. She was literally just going to pay money to unlock Ilari instead of unlocking it. So they are definitely making bank off that. And, like, you're probably not going to get that changed. Um, but going back, yeah, I think since they said, you know, let's try and make this game not about counterplay. And we're in 5v5 already. The best option is to try and make those tanks like Roadhog and Mauga and anybody else who's struggling to have those counterplay abilities so they don't have to switch when certain heroes are picked.
0: I, I will just quickly add, I want to take it a spy on a second, but I will just quickly add that to the hero thing, I think they've very recently released a hero bundle that's for $10. You can get all the new heroes, which is pretty reasonable when you look at it on the face of it. Uh, and I think they've been pretty fair in terms of like you can unlock the heroes through playtime, i think the only problem with it is that it's fair and fine for the players who are still somewhat regular it'll be a pain point for the players who like leave for any significant period of time because like, if you stop playing for a significant period of time and you're down like four or five heroes now you're in a potentially problematic zone like being down one or two and then playing 10 games to unlock them is not so bad but then again you might argue it's a free game and paying ten dollars to get all the heroes is you know, I, I think I can go either I, way I on it. I think
3: the time frame's a little long. I think within a year is reasonable. I think past that point, I, I think they should just open it up. But that's just me. maybe, you know. Right.
0: Anyways, that's, yeah, that's neither here nor there. But if, a va- valid point to bring up that it all kind of ties into the ecosystem. And you can see evidence of how the game's internal vision has changed by all of these things, right? The fact that they said this thing and then suddenly balanced in a different direction or like the paywall thing and then changed the format. So you can see that they themselves are trying to figure out how it should play out. And on that, note, I'm going to take it to Spilo now. And obviously, we were we were alluding to some fundamental issues there, Spilo. And and I think a lot of the one of the, one of the points brought up was like, well, Dan said open is more fun, and I think that's probably something we can all agree with is that like the early days. I, I we'll said watch... it could be more fun. I haven't actually right, played it. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Q. Not to paraphrase. <laughs> I'll say that it it. I think it's it is more generally fun oriented. It's a bit more like silly and i think that's that's the original yeah. overwatch that people fell in love with the the overwatch that wasn't min-maxed so much that wasn't necessarily figured out and solved and we've obviously recently had the death of overwatch league something that you i'm sure have many thoughts on spilo but sp- keeping relatively on topic does the does the sort of diminishing of this professional pro league that the devs have to specifically cater to does that open up balance in any way or does it go the other way does it like uh, do we, do we i wish right i
1: could say yes i wish that the overwatch league was ever an important part when it came to balanced discussions i would think the only time where maybe it's been part of a balanced discussion is occasionally early on hero release there's whispers that blizzard would make sure that that character was defining. um i want to say gosh um there's been time yeah. like Junk- junker queen goats jungle queen goats back in last season stage three they nerfed that everything about that comp they did not want that comp in Al grand finals they did not want that comp in grand finals and they had also introduced kiriku at the same point in time so uh, they nerfed brig for crying out loud uh they were they did not want j- only one comp junker queen rush comp to be on overwatch League grimace but i think that's probably the only time where overwatch league has had a significant impact on meta i think um overwatch league has been victimized by some of the meta choices but rarely it's been the mover and shaker um i guess when it comes to the open queue discussion i think a lot of it is is a little bit of rose colored tinted glasses i'm going to be honest um but more importantly than that i also think that's just like you said it's just the less serious mode So when people are not like like Dan was saying, like people are gonna min-max it. Like if that becomes the way to play, it becomes the min-max thing. And if I'm playing devil's advocate here as well, I agree that removing a tank has definitely exacerbated issues for that one tank player in terms of the always like I've always said like the problem with 5v5 is that the tank always deals with the worst that the enemy team has. So we have to give that tank options to counterplay, or we have to remove the worst of the worst. We have to remove characters like the way that the bastion functions and so on. But I will also say that even in 6v6, nobody liked Roadhog. Even in 6v6, nobody liked Roadhog. Even in 6v6, anti-Nate was difficult to deal with. Was it as big of an issue now? Of course not. I'm not going to say it and tell you. but it was a problem. Maywall, people didn't like Maywall. People did not like Bastion. People did not like Torbjorn. So um, while I do think that, again, 5v5 has exacerbated issues for the tank, in some ways... I think it's easy to go back and think, oh, that these issues but they were issues in six v six they were the exact same. I don't want to get down that debate, but I think um, what five v five has done is if nothing else, is maybe peeled back the um, peeled back to reveal how ugly some of these old character designs were. Um, if nothing else, it's bringing to light that, hey, maybe they weren't as obnoxious and over the top and in your face as they are right now because they were split between two tanks, but Bastion was still bastion. <laughs> And you know, Roadhog was still Roadhog. And I think that's part of the that, that that's my take on things.
0: Yil, I want to take it to you next. Like, do you Age agree with that take? And, or there's a couple points in there. One about, well, we're in a state where everyone will min max now. And we know this. Now I, I think this is a state of gaming in general. Like I think so I see so many other games go through the same cycle of like they come out and they're fun and they're fresh. And eventually people start min-maxing it. Even like a fucking fall guys or something, right? Like People just yeah. min-max that shit and now you can't play it just for fun anymore because Bro. you get it <laughs> in the lobby.
4: Apex yeah. right now is hilarious. I don't know if anyone knows the current meta in Apex, but there's a character called Lifeline who can heal. Mm-hmm. Apex is a BR, so like if you're outside the ring, you're taking damage. The current meta is to literally run around the map, get all the health packs, and then you just sit in the ring and you just heal. And that's that like the, the min-max strat in Apex right now. It's hilarious.
0: Right. And that's kind of symptomatic, <laughs> I think, of like I mean, I have a way bigger point. I might make a video essay on this at some point of how like this desire to min-max has killed a lot of fun, if like the the perhaps the core essence of gaming. But that's a point that like you know maybe we'll never be able to go back to a state of Overwatch because so much you know every time I see someone complain about Overwatch, they they talk about like oh I missed 2016 Overwatch. Like if we just did this, it doesn't have to be one specific thing, right? Everyone has a different idea. If we just did this, if we just brought Jeff Kaplan back, or if we just did this, you know why thing, <laughs> it would fix everything. But is it a impossible and b uh to Spilo's point there about just the, the state of tanking there. So anything you wanna you wanna riff off of, go ahead.
2: Um I think Spilo actually put it well of like how Overwatch 2 just kind of uh I think the word he uses is exasperate exasper how do you say that one?
1: Exasperated. exacerbated.
2: Yeah, that one. It's that was really
1: stupid words that doesn't flow right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that it did that for the issues of tanks um in Overwatch 2. Um I do think that like the min-maxing is always going to be a thing, no matter what, no matter what format. But like, it's just important to just keep shifting it. You know, keep keep trying to like change the issues, and maybe it, it can't put it into words. Well, sorry. <laughs> um, no,
0: yeah. So to to try and refresh yeah. again. So what what Spilo is talking about there is like, well, these characters were always problematic, always ugly, <laughs> and the kind of the Overwatch all the five five has done is shown that they weren't ever fundamentally touched and even now a lot of these reworks aren't fundamentally touching what's problematic with them so is that something that you kind of agree with
2: yeah i pretty much agree with it i don't have too much to add to it it was well said already fair
0: fair Sam, I'm going to give you a chance to feedback, and therefore I think then we want maybe want to talk about DPS. I kind of just team went team.
3: off already. We can we can move on. I don't, if I if I start going, it'll it'll end up somehow. It'll end up How about up brand, those so. Oakland A's, Sam? Yeah, I, dude, I was shocked. I, I hope they keep the A's branding. I, you know, the, those of you baseball fans out there at the the Oakland A's have decided to move to Vegas, and so sorry to all you people out in Oakland. As long as they keep the A's branding, that's you've never seen Moneyball. Go. I'm sorry, SVB. I'm sorry.
0: It's okay. You've never seen Moneyball. Go see I'm it. Sorry, it was all German to me. I was just like, okay, whatever, they're talking, sure. <laughs> I just tuned out for a bit. I was just thinking that, like, yeah, if part of me kind of wishes that, because I know, like, someone in chat, I can just see brought up, like, oh, Fortnite did their, you know, they went back to, like, OG Fortnite. And I kind of, like, would be, out of pure curiosity, see the social experiment play out. I wish we could just, like, release a, or watch classic, quote-unquote, that so many people are, are asking for, and just see kind of how long it kind of lasts and stays to see if people's vision of overwatch stays intact with what they think their complaints are
3: yeah i think the best way to do that would be just like if you want to do that social experiment just do like a two-week break like a mini season that's just competitive open queue or something like that i don't know how many new care i don't know maybe i'm crazy i don't classic overwatch is definitely something that's interesting but there's definitely a lot of new heroes that i think make the game more fun and better that i would hate to see gone altogether but Like, I like Queen. Like, Queen is so cool. I love Junker Queen. I I wish there'd be more heroes like Junker Queen. So, if I could play like Junker Queen in classic Overwatch, I'm sold. Mm. I'm sold. I'd play it all day, all day. Or take Doom all day.
0: Right. And that's, but that's kind of where the problem comes, right? Where it's like everyone has their own lines that they draw because I, you know, there's some people who hate Ana. And then I think a lot of people would agree, I mean, she's the most popular hero, right? So I think most a lot of people <laughs> would be like, well, I think she's really a fun addition to Overwatch 2. And then similarly, I, I agree, Junk Queen is a great hero. But then, like, if I could go back to Overwatch 1, would I delete Hanzo? Sure, fuck yeah, I would. Like, you know, fuck that guy. Nah, so. No, not my guy. <laughs> not my guy. OG Hanzo. Was the scatter Ooh. arrow Hanzo. Like, let's not even go there, right? So, there's a lot of, like, unfortunately, there's a lot of, this is where, you know, it yeah. just becomes hard. And I sympathize with the mm-hmm. devs because, you know, you can't please everyone. And, and they're much like the hog discussion that we brought up. Like, everyone wants their own thing and it's hard to please sometimes anyone. But any other thoughts on these issues? before we move on to just talking about the DPS role, because I know we haven't talked too much about that. Anyone
4: got anything they want to add? Um, Yeah, I think I think it's hard for the devs, but I think the most important thing is they need to just decide on something for Hero and just commit to it. Because I think the saddest thing about Roadhog is that they just left, like, I hate Roadhog. I don't want to see him in my games, really. I'm not really bothered. But like, what about the Roadhog players who just didn't have a character for almost a year? Like, that sucks. Because like, that could be any other character. Like, let's say everybody decides to hey, Anna. Anna. Anna gets changed because nobody likes a an nade, and then she's useless for a year. Like, that would suck for every single Anna player, and, like, that sucked for every Roadhog player. So they need to decide what they want to do and just do it. Mm-hmm. Like, if they wanted to get rid of the one-shot hook and make him a team-based hero, they should have waited until they had a rework ready to make him, or at least try and make him that team-based hero. But instead, it was like, he got nerfed, and he was just sat there for a year, basically being completely useless and, like, if you're a roadhog
3: player. That sucks. I will say I'm going to offend them a little bit here. I think that heal buff after vape did a lot more in ranked, at least, than people thought it did. Like Flats went on about this for a while, where we were having our little tank duels for about two weeks at the start of the season. we like we were the only people queuing, and I think we queued against each other six games in a row. There were some roadhog matchups there where we just sit there and idle on cart and vape, right? And it was actually like pretty good. But I agree with you. Like fundamentally, like, I-, I think you're-, yep. you're on the money on that.
0: I had a train of thought there. Do you want to just quickly summarize your thoughts there again? I, I had something I wanted to say, but I forgot. Do you want to quickly go read again, over your thoughts? Go again, Dan. Just like um, give, give me a quick summary. Oh, no, don't uh, leave heroes like, in the dumpster. Right, right, got you, sorry. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> don't leave <laughs> yours in the dumpster. I think that is one thing where the the practicalities of development kick in, right? Because obviously I'm sure they would love to pay love and attention to every hero, but my mm. guess is they have to be like, well, look, nobody gives a shit about Roadhog, or comparatively. Like, like 1% of the population are Roadhog mains, so like... Do we want to spend time on Roadhog main balance while people complain about Mercy? And you know, there's like you know a huge sway of the people who play play Mercy, right? So I guess that's where their practicalities kick in, and they have to be like, well, let's assign resources. And it was a long time that they messed around with this, but before Spilo, I sp- Spilo said he wants to say something, but I'll just throw this out before I go there, which is that this is where I do think the experimental slash PTR was really helpful. Because I remember so many times when they would throw something like this in there. Like, remember the many Moira changes they made that they threw into the PTR? Like, there was the one where she could get up while stunned. Like, she could fade while stunned. I remember, like, she would get shattered and still fade after being slammed. There was the one where she faded through her teammates and made them intangible. So, like, imagine if we had to go through all of those in the live game, right? Like, like we had the necrotic orb because it was Overwatch 2. But imagine having to go through each of those iterations in the live game, and then be like, "Oh my fucking god, there's Moira in all my games, and she's like fading through one." There's a the- lot of them
3: now too. There's a ton of Moiras out there. They're oh every yeah, hundred percent. Crazy.
0: So go ahead, Spylo. Was that something you wanted to bring up?
1: No. Yeah, obviously I've been a huge fan of experimental. I don't think you can properly balance without experimental mode. I just don't think I don't think you can take enough gambles that you will find the, you know, the occasional goal. So, cause that's, the, that's like any leadership is always about like taking risks and doing it over and over and over and be willing to look stupid just to learn something. And I think that without experimental mode there's like, you was saying, or even with the support changes, if you ha- you end up playing it too safe. And so nothing really fundamentally changes, you know, say what you will about the somber rework, but it was, it was ballsy, right. That, and that's, and it hit, right. But that's, that's, that's what you need. Um, I was going to talk about like survivorship bias with rework. So, limited developer time hog players like hog the way he is but how many people do not play hog because of the way he is see i always get this when people talk to me about like the mercy mains. oh you don't want to you know take off the mercy mains. you don't want to rework mercy just leave her as he is you know what, what the mercy Waynes want but how many people support players specifically will play any support except moira mercy refuse i don't want to play that character it's terrible boring isn't that a problem so i think when you when you when you look at some of these reworks no you either need, you either need to decide right (laughs) you either need to decide are we going to devote resources into like fixing this here are we just going to kind of leave it to where the players like it the hog players like hog and just leave him as he is because if you if you are going to devote significant developer time to a character it needs to feel better and it might and it should probably will feel different because the reason why it needs to feel different is because that's why people weren't playing the character in the first place um So it's like that's the that that was my major problem with the Hog rework is it's like the people that like playing Hog yeah like they're gonna like playing Hog because he does Hog things and maybe does Hog things a little bit a little bit more variety but 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 Hog nobody else is gonna be like oh I'm gonna play Hog because of Pigpen you try it out like oh well never mind back to playing Sigma or Diva here and that's 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 the problem with me even just not from a balance standpoint why devote developer hours if nothing's going to change
0: let's let's go to Dan because Dan actually had a disagreement I actually agree with Dan so Dan go ahead.
4: I just think that it's okay to have heroes that not everybody loves. Like this this comes up as a support player. This comes up with Moira a lot. Like a lot of people want to see Moira changed. It's like, she's got no utility. She doesn't help the team. You don't see her in pro play. I see that as okay. There's people who play Moira, they like Moira and they do well on Moira. Like Moira does well on ladder and that's fine. I think it's okay that Moira is not gonna see time in the Overwatch League. If there are people who like playing Moira, I don't think the everybody... don't rework her.
1: Then don't rework her. That's my <laughs> argument with the Hog thing, right? I
4: agree. I agree. I think they should be careful with reworks because, like, people like heroes, and if they get reworked, then they might not like that hero. And like, I think it's better to release a new hero with a new kit rather than rework old hero that people already like, even if it's a small population. Um... And then people can fall in love with a new hero. I'm like this with Symmetra. Like, even though she only got small changes into Overwatch 2, I loved playing Sim at the end of Overwatch 1. I don't like how she is currently because she's changed away from what she was. Like, even with small changes, like she used to just bounce into the TP, uh, dunk on the backline with turrets. Now she kind of just plays with the team all the time. And, like, I'm not really into that because I want more control over the game myself. So I think it's okay to have heroes that not a lot of people like. As long as you know they're not too frustrating to play against for everyone else,
0: right? I agree. I actually agree hundred percent with that. And I want to add that I think these niche heroes are good as long as they're not meta. Like I think that I think that's the that's the like trade off you have to take. Is that if you're someone who's like I really like this niche hero that most of the population doesn't like, I think you have to accept that that character probably shouldn't be strong because now or like you know meta strong. I mean they can they should still be playable. I don't think they should be dumpster. Mm. But like you know if you're gonna have hog like nobody liked. When Hulk was meta. That's where we ended up trying to rework him, right? Because when these characters do shoot to prominence, that's when the community rises up in arms and that's when the developer's are like, shit, we gotta rework him. And it was the same with Sombra too, right? Like Sombra again, population wise, how many people were playing Sombra? I don't think there was a it it was was vast there was a don't think there was a vast sway. The problem was that they had made her in a way that she was getting a lot of pro play, and at at certain points at the Star of Wars 2, she was just too good. So now you're seeing her all the time, and now people are bringing up that complaint. But like, you know, someone like a Torb, apart from maybe this last season where he's getting played a lot, he goes under the radar. There's there's the guys who love Torb, and they get to play Torb, and nobody really is like, oh, I hate Torb. Okay. But maybe maybe in bronze, they're like, oh my god, the turret is a better player than everyone in the lobby, which is true. But outside of that, you know, I think most people are finding that inoffensive, and I think that's actually where the win rate, pick rate metric falls falls short, right? Because you can't bring that hero up to a, a reasonable pick rate, win rate without making them super annoying or changing them fundamentally. And then again, if we don't have the resources to spend to properly rework a roadhog or a Moira or a wherever insert X character, then we're kind of wasting everyone's time and, and bringing a hero into the light that is not just going to annoy people more like a la Bastion. I think, you know, I think Bastion was a big mistake in a way. Like we just kind of have made this hero now a real problem for a lot of tanks that is kind of brainless and yeah i'll go take it to geedle you anything you want to add on any of what we talked about here
2: i'm sorry i have got nothing to add i think no, everything it's okay. that that need to be said was said
0: don't apologize i Koreans. just I, I appreciate you having here and just feel free to interrupt should you ever like yo actually i want to say something here but i appreciate even if you have nothing to say i appreciate you having here it must mean that our takes are good enough to get the yeedle pass so i'll take that i'll take that Okay, guys, anything else? And then we're going to talk about DPS. I've been threatening to talk about DPS for a while, but we just keep we great tangents. Anything else you want to bring
3: up? I'm ready for my role, baby. Okay,
0: <laughs> well, let's head over to DPS then. So we've talked a, a good chunk. We started off a lot about supports and how their cooldowns should work. We talked a good chunk about tanks now and perhaps the fundamental issue of tanks and, and how they kind of you know get countered and get shut down by things. Sam, what is the... Is there a problem for DPS? Like, oh, you said they're the weakest role, so... What is the problem with the DPS role?
3: I can't believe I'm gonna say this. They might need to take a look at Meg. I love playing Meg, right? And I'm gonna speak about this to help other roles, right? Because... I wanted to start with May because it's a hero that I've said was good for season three. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to one trick this hero. And I got to like rank 13 with a 90% win rate. And everyone was like, May sucks. You got to rework her. I was like, wait a minute. Like, this hero is actually good. Then they changed her and she was bad. And now she's back to how she was and she's good. And she's making tanks life hell. I, I think they might need to look at May Wall. But outside for, of that, like, I actually think the DPS role, aside from Widowmaker in 5v5, just freaking being in the most obnoxious character ever added to a video game, uh, aside from Brigida, um, I, I think that the role is actually pretty well done. Uh, I think the main problem that DPS has right now is, is, here's my problem, okay? I don't want to go around buffing a ton of DPS, like kind of how like they had to get buffed several times. How we try to change May. how you'll occasionally see Soldier get buffed, or Genji get nerfed as my alarm's going off, that's a reminder, sorry about that. Um, I think, I I just don't want to see a lot of DPS heroes get buffed from where they are, because I actually think the DPS role would have a lot of different viability if, poke meta wasn't getting forced so heavily right now because of the sustain and Sigma, right? So, honestly, I think a ton of DPS heroes would be good. I think the new Sombra rework was great, and I think that was, in my opinion, the best rework they've ever done. Um, But I I honestly am pretty happy with where DPS is, aside from a couple of the heroes that seem a little easy to get value on, like May can be sometimes, I admit it, like Bashan can be, like... um, uh, Torb was until they nerfed him. I, I think the role is pretty well balanced, and you see, well. Well, the main issue is the role passive, I think. I think the DPS passive is just stupid, considering Hanzo still doesn't have one, right? Uh, You know, there's no way to make that role passive actually affect each hero, unless you wanted to go offense and defense, but even in that case, I think that each hero, like, there's so much variety in the DPS role for what you can do, that, that, honestly, and that, to be frank, I think that's a, a pretty solid spot to have the role in, really. I, if the main thing that you have to say is, hey, yeah, but there's, there's a couple outliers out of this, like, very diverse cast, um, and the biggest issue is the role passive. I, I think that DPS are actually in a pretty good spot, um, but if Tracer has a negative win rate, don't buffer. F- fix what's going on in the other side of things, which is why we were on support for so long.
0: Don't buff tra- I mean, it's seagull's, seagulls in there somewhere like, ah, oh, the most broken hero of all time. Giro, um, I'll take it to you again. So there's a couple ideas there. You got, uh, actually the role's pretty well balanced apart from a few outliers and also the passive is brought up. Did you kind of feel either of those strongly when you were kind of on your Sombra journey?
2: Yeah, I think um, I think DPS is the weakest role, but I don't think that's bad, right? One of the roles got to be the weakest, right? Um, my only complaint with DPS, I'd say is like, up until new Sombra, I've been not wanting to play the role. Whenever somebody runs a sniper, like Samito said, like Widowmaker, I, I also had Hanzo because it just doesn't feel good that like I don't have too much, too many options into that duel of just you just get tapped. But thankfully now with Sombra, I just go invisible, sneak up behind her, cube her shooter. But um, besides that, I think DPS is fine. It feels like you could play most heroes if you want to and do pretty well with it. Um, Just minus, like, of course, if the enemy team's running a hardcore sweaty comp like Sigma, Mei, Lucio, good luck uh, doing something on certain heroes. But I think for the most part, it just my only beef is with snipers. That's it.
0: Dan, do you have any thoughts as like as someone going up against DPS a lot, like, and also your Symmetra Um, experience?
4: I mean, honestly, I kind of want to speak to it from like I, I play mostly support, but I've dabbled a tiny bit in DPS recently. And I would say the most frustrating part about DPS is how easy some of the heroes are. Like Sam would say, like Bastion. Like I I go to play DPS and I want to play Tracer because I love Tracer. (laughs) I I was originally a Tracer main in in the first seasons. But like I try and play Tracer and it's like it feels like I need like 500 hours on Tracer to get the same value as me playing Bastion. And I have like less than 20 hours on Bastion all time in Overwatch over all the years. But I can literally just lock Bastion and roll lobbies that are up to GM. But if I played Tracer, who maybe she's okay, but like the, the skill differential that you need to get value out is just like it's just too big. It doesn't feel good. I always used to get frustrated when people are like, oh, some heroes are just brain heroes. And that's fine. Like, you need game sense. You don't need game sense to play Bastion, bro. Like, <laughs> right. I can pick Bastion and roll lobbies to GM. If I play Tracer, I'm probably Diamond the best. And that, to me, is incredibly frustrating when I jump onto the DPS role.
0: So two, two points there, Spilo I'm taking it to you. One is fuck snipers. You don't want to center
2: up. Yeah, can I jump in for a second? Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, G. Yo, yeah, go yeah. Ahead. I, I feel like uh, Fender brings up a really good point with Tracer, that she's one of those heroes that, like, the game's kind of evolved more um, to screw her over, which, like Samito said as well, it doesn't mean you have to buff Tracer. But just for example, like, before in Overwatch 1, you didn't have Kiriko who's going to two-tap you. You didn't have the Lari and the turret that's going to two-tap you. I, I feel like, like Samito said, that there should be more looking into why is that so strong against Tracer, for example. Um, but yeah, that's um.
3: If no, the I pylon think... didn't have 100% uptime, by the way, I think Tracer would actually get a lot of playtime right now. Like, if there weren't, like, all these deployables, like, just by picking Alari, right, Tracer now has to go in and burn her recall, most likely, where that pylon's gonna be, just to break the pylon... Which then goes on to the same like cooldown cycle as Recall. I think they're both 15 seconds, or maybe Dan was new pylon 16. If it gets broken, yeah, recalls it goes
0: Recall's 12, I think.
3: Recall's 12? I thought Recall was 15. Maybe it is 12, but I think you're right. Either way, same as essentially that, that same cycle, right? Like, I, I think if they look at some of these sustain heroes, even they nerfed Weaver, I think the Weaver nerfs were good enough. Um, but it's not because tracer's bad. It's because all this other stuff that has permanent uptime is in the game. That's in the game has made it more rewarding to just AFK play Bastion, and just power through with numbers than like really strategize to set up. Um, and it's not it's not a buff tracer angle. It's a hey, let's tune this other stuff back before you know everything gets a little crazy.
0: I think Yidol makes a really good point about a lot of things that are just kind of evolved to screw tracer because I think. I think most of the time, you know, maybe some people think that us older watch players, we nostalgize things. But I think a lot of times when we talk about, like, fair duels, you know, we think about, like, I think Ana versus Tracer. I, I actually, mm-hmm. hot take maybe, I preferred the two-tap Ana. Like, I think that felt fairer. But the the Ana versus Tracer duel feels a bit more fair. Ana against any flanker, I think, as long as before yeah. this nerf, na- nade nerf, and the previous nade nerf as well, yeah. it felt like, okay... There's the fifty-fifty chance you win this. Like, it kind of comes down to like who's better. Like, can you get the advantage by sneaking up on her? You know, like it felt like there was more in it. But now, like, not just the supports, but let's talk about the supports for a second. Again, as you said, like the Iliari, the BAP, right? It's like you either have to kill him before he responds, which is, I mean, good luck if they're not turning their monitor mm-hmm. off. Or you know, you have to like go in. They're gonna get lamp out, or they're gonna get shift out. Like by that time, if someone else hasn't peeled. Like I don't know what lobby this is, right? Like someone, even if they don't kill you, someone else will have noticed the tracer there and peeled, and now you have to like d- die. And the support can go back to to healing. I think this is a fundamental problem when people complain about the support dueling is that even after resisting the flank, you can then go back to to getting loads of value and just healing your teammates. Whereas the DPS now has to AFK. Like if you're a tracer, you have to AFK now, right? You, there's no value. Maybe you're poking at mid range, but like that's not, not that's correct. why why you're a tracer. Then why tracer, right? So there's that. I also think that this is someone who has played a fair amount of Tracer over the last few seasons is like, there's a lot of one-shots too. There's a lot of things that just one-tap Tracer. It's just like Hanzo one-taps Tracer, Torb one-taps Tracer, Ash one-taps Tracer, right? Like, so a lot of these characters that may one-taps Tracer. With no fall-off. Sojourn one-taps Tracer, right? So it's like all these characters that just them picking is like, okay, well, if I peek at the wrong time, if if they just happen to be here, if I don't one-clip them before they turn... you know, that's it. I'm dead. So obviously that's Tracer specifically, but I do want to go back to the initial point that Giedel brought up and go to Spilo, which is that like, I think a lot of it comes down to the sniper range as well. Like snipers are often where people do get upset with the DPS role, but in a way they keep the DPS role as well. So Spilo, any thoughts on what we have talked about there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's just, again, it's like when you're forcing these CDs as any DPS character, really, there's always, at least especially with these flankers, there's an inherent element of risk, right? Every time you go for it. So the problem comes when your risk for forcing those CDs is higher than their risk is. So if I dive in Elyari, there's a chance that I break Pylon and trade that for recall. Okay, that's fine. Then I go kill the Elyari, maybe I have a slight advantage in that but at that point in time. But at any point in time, I might just die. I might just die just forcing the CD, right? It's the same problem that Wrecking Ball has had and and Sombra and even Winston, right? Where, how do I force Bastion Turret form as Winston uh, without dying? You know, and that's always the age-old question that's incredibly difficult. So I think the problem with a lot of these flankers in particular is the CD, forcing CDs, like this is a bit of a hot take. Forcing CDs is not bad, nor is it uninteractive gameplay. I think it could be kind of fun, but it's not fun when the CDs are, there is an extremely high level of risk with forcing those CDs, or whether there's not really any chance of you being able to secure the kill after those CDs are forced. A transfer without recall really has to be careful about re-engaging, but then what's the point of forcing the CD in the first place at that point in time? Um, well, I do agree that she is a high skill cap character and that we need to, I, I agree with Eedle that we need to be balancing around that character. I think. And, and, and characters like Winston and characters like Reinhardt. and when I think the game is at its worst state when Winston and Reinhardt and Tracer and, and even Genji to a lesser extent feel bad. When those characters feel unplayable, then something's wrong. Um, in terms of DPS as a whole, I'm a big Bastion hater. Way too much value for way too little effort. Uh, going back way back to what we talked about earlier, I think actually lower ranks are hurt worse by those, uh, those easy to play characters with high value. Anybody picks up Overwatch, uh, they want to play Genji. They want to play you know they want to play characters like i'm looking at the lesser sojourn super fun to play tracer can't play those characters if there's a bastion and if you're in bronze um i think that's a big problem um looking through the rest of the dps cast here i think may is okay i i i love May. i freaking love May. i was able to work with backbone yeah. in may back in 2022 um and we just basically like limit tested and solved everything may because we weren't playing brawl we weren't playing Brawl Heroes. We are playing into Dive, and we were playing into Spam, and we were playing all these matchups, like like a ranked matchup, really. Um, and so we figured out a lot of things that you could do with Maywall. Um, but I think it would be fair if they nerfed the wall HP still. That wouldn't change anything that's good about May, really. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't do much more than that. Um, I think that the reason why May is being picked a lot is because, as we've kind of going back to our flanker discussion, as the as the meta has shifted, because of supports and Bastion, has shifted away from Winston's and Wrecking Balls and Divas and Sombra's and Tracer's and, and Genji's, then the natural, you're going to play Sigma. Like, that's just how it is, right? Like, you're going to play Sigma, and you're going to play May too. I don't even think May is necessarily that OP. She's just OP in the current meta because of Baptiste, Iliari, and Bastion. That's my take. And if, you, if you play, if Iliari and Baptiste aren't as must-picks, May, Sigma,
3: Mei I don't think off. you
1: even need to nerf. Yeah, I don't even think you need to nerf Sigma, to be honest with you.
3: I don't even think you shouldn't have Sigma. Personally. I'm just a Sigma hater. That's why I said it.
1: I, I, I hear you.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't either. It's just because I, I think it's quite clearly the hero didn't change. And he was... People were like, what is Sigma? Uh, like a couple seasons ago, right? They were like, who cares? This it's, it's, is a Bastion. Odd, it's Bastion. Oddball tank. It's Bastion. That's why people are playing him. Right. And it's the other things around him that have definitely changed. So I, I, I personally like Sigma, but maybe that's my bias because I, I do enjoy playing him. But Dan, I want to take it to you. Like any, any thoughts of what we've spoken about there? Um...
4: I absolutely hate Sigma. <laughs> he does way too much damage, and I think it's too easy, and he makes no... Uh, there's so many things about Sigma. I think he's just got everything. But, you know, like you're saying, like, would Sigma actually get played, you know, if, if like, Winston was viable and could just jump all over him because Sigma does, can't do much at close range. Um, I do think the biggest problem of the game right now is the DPS role and just things... I, I think it's... I think one of the biggest problems is HP. Like, I think Bastion is strong, because he has so much HP. Is that like, their damage you...
3: reduction, or is raw health pool?
4: Well, combined, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, sorry, like, I was, it, I was it, trying... yeah, go ahead, sorry.
4: If you, if you just chopped off, like, I know he's got a huge hitbox and all of that, but if you just chopped off 50 HP, and, like, other characters could actually kill him, like, when I played DPS, and I'm trying to kill a Bastion, it's like, I'll go up to him, you know, I put a clip into him as Tracer, and then I, you know, he gets healed, and then I put another clip, he just cannot die. And, like, this is why I hate the 25 HP changes, because, you know, eventually they cause problems. Like, Cassidy has kind of been an issue for a while now, and, like, they just keep going 25 HP, 25 HP back. I think, like, 25 HP is, like, such a bad band-aid fix, and it, like, causes so many problems down the line. Like, I need to be very careful with HP. Like, HP changes are way stronger than people realize, and just HP in the game, like with Bastion, is what really makes him strong. If he had 250 HP, then I don't think he'd be anywhere near as ridiculous. And you need to be—you need to be smarter when you play him. If he had 250 HP,
1: raw health, less. raw health, or raw survivability is the least fun variation yeah. of survivability in the game. Whether you're talking about Wrecking Ball, you're talking about Roadhog, you're talking about Bastion—it's the most boring it's, for it's both sides. It's the same
4: with the Maywall. There, like when I play
1: support. Like, I cannot do anything against a Maywall.
4: It goes up. Oh, I'm playing Kiriko. Why do I throw some knives at it? Like, I need the whole team blasting that thing. I can't do anything myself.
0: Well, one thing I'll add as well to the Bastion thing is that his hit, head hitbox goes behind him when he goes in Bastion mode, which is a huge problem. Like, yeah. if the idea is that this guy is like a can move now. Right, he's a moving turret that has no weak. He genuinely is harder to kill than a tank when he goes into his thing because he's more lethal than a tank and he has no head hitbox. So he's like a ball, except he fires back at 10,000 rounds per minute, right? So it's like everything bad that you could ever want. So I think those are, are definitely ideas. I'm going to take it back to, swing back to Yidol on his point about snipers because I'm with him on this one and I want him to cook some snipers. know elaborate on the sniper point. Like, What is it that you don't like about them?
2: Yeah, I've um I, I, I go on about this a lot. I feel like just the fact that you could take a duel with a sniper and most heroes have no way to like beat them other than run the sniper back or play a tank. Like it it's I don't know. I, I think it just didn't really translate well into Overwatch 2, because at least in Overwatch 1, you had two tanks. So maybe you'll have a shield or maybe you'll have a matrix, whereas now like if you don't have a shield or matrix, everybody's gonna get farmed. And there's not too much you could do about it. Like I said, now you got Sombra, so you can kind of, like, get in on that. But it's still a really uh, obnoxious uh, thing in general. Like, why should I have to counter swap to either a Sniper or a Sombra to beat the Snipers? I just think that's silly. And this one might be a hot take, but I think Jorn counts as a, a, one of those one-shot heroes. Just because, like, you do, like, one primary fire damage into the right click, it's so hard to, like, react to that. Like... You don't know they're there and then they take an angle all of a sudden. It's like, oh shit, I'm just dead.
1: I'm you guys want the juice? Dead. Can I interrupt? So- Can you want the juice? When, Go for back it. when Sojourn stage. was only in beta and alpha, and we either had a Discord where we had a lot of feedback with the dev- devs and a lot of it was implemented. One of the things that I and a couple of the Overwatch League players said over and over again is please shift Sojourn away from only like Railgun. Like make Railgun like Helix Rocket, right? Where you have like a burst of damage. Even let it he- even let a headshot, right? That's fine. But like make her like they, st- like, let her primary fire be, like, more viable and, like, let the rail be, like, make her make a vertical mobility soldier. That's what we wanted. Mm-hmm. And they didn't listen.
3: They did the, the, the yeah. opposite. And I, SVB, I complained yeah. about on this podcast where I just said, hey, like, this is going to do the opposite thing. And now look at her win rates across every rank. Negative, 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 negative. And, that, and, like, the way that you play her is to build your rail and just hold that rail hostage. And, like, that's, it's, I don't know. I, I find yeah, sorry, that you know. very frustrating. No, it's no, a good, good point.
2: point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And, and one thing I noticed, it's really hard to see the rail like from behind there or like from a certain angle, like if it's, if it's 100 charge. I mean, that's just like, a I guess, a quality of life thing that they can change. But yeah, overall, I'm not a fan of just like, I, I peek the corner or they peek the corner on me and I don't have any like option. I'm dead. I'm just dead. I think that's kind of lame. Yeah, that's about it.
0: No, I think it's a really good point you raise. I I had literally that experience today. I was just playing BAP, whatever, and like it was like literally one pellet into rail, and it's like, wow, okay, I guess. I think there is a frustration. There's an added frustration because at least when you go up against a Hanzo, it feels more like I can assess the duel a little bit better. As you said with the rail, having to like squint to see if she has, if she is she glowing, like is she got the rail right now? Go ahead. Is there a
4: bug in the game right now? Because I've been like noticing this lately, like, sometimes when she's 100% charged, she's like a massive glow, and then I swear, sometimes she's got nothing. Does anyone else notice that? Maybe it's a skin diff.
3: I was gonna say that. Maybe yeah, it's or... the skin, because I uh, have the maybe. Fortnite skin, you know, the one that kind of looks like it's a for- Fortnite trooper, you know? <laughs> I, I put that one on, and I just, I don't know, I feel like sometimes... <laughs> I, I saw somebody else using it, I was like, that looks a little... Di- maybe I'm crazy too, maybe I'm... May- I don't know. I don't know.
1: What do you guys maybe, think It's like... Ins- what do you guys think of like tightening her spread and you know the delay after you rail like there's like that animation delay to where you can't shoot again what if they like nerfed rail to like it wasn't a one shot like 120 damage if you get a headshot or whatever but like they would re- remove that delay like almost entirely to where like it because the big problem is if you nerf rail but don't remove the delay railing is a dps dip if you don't like hit the shot right so it, it it would be like well then you know what but you tighten your spread you let the rail transition immediately into M one. So you, oh, you, uh, rail, uh, rail, oh, uh, and uh, so there's like that bursts of value but rewards headshots, rewards mechanics, and it's not a one shot. Like it would still feel sick to be it like It'd
3: feel way better. Bam! Way better. You know everybody else could play it. Yeah, this is this is what we literally talked about after that season two change. We were just like, I feel like this is the complete wrong direction, and I I think the stats. I, this is one time I'm gonna refer to stats because we already know how like how it feels to play against sometimes or feels to play. It's just a little slow. Um, I, I think there's a very unique opportunity for Sojourn to fit in between that Soldier and even almost like a Tracer in terms of how often she's shooting, right? Um, and, and mobility as well. I think they, I think that would be a cool way to take the character, and I, I agree with that.
0: Though I also agree with it. The one parallel raise is that it then does bring into question her ultimate. This might be why they were so resistant True. to True. removing her one shot. Is that well, then her ultimate is what shit? Or you can make it so her ultimate does ramp up the damage of the rail, right? So maybe in normal rail yeah. it's. 16 to 120 but maybe in ultimate it's 200 right also you could bring if you wanted to bring the numbers down on the rail you could let it go through people like you know in the ult it does but you could make it go through everything like it just Mm -hmm. goes in a long line because i think that was one of their initial ideas Mm -hmm. and that way it doesn't have to be like a headshot one shot but it could just be like a really good Mm -hmm. pierce a brawl like you know like people are stacked rail them all and you know you get like value that way so sorry a little segue yeah
1: story. When when Surgeon was initially released uh, on the first like three four weeks of or maybe two two weeks of alpha, her disruptor shot not only slowed it it did a total of three hundred damage, and it had the same duration. It was un- you put it on a squishy and it would just die. Yeah, yeah. It was unbelievable. It was like it was like almost a, I think it was a hundred DPS or almost a hundred DPS. It was super funny. But sorry.
0: No no, it just <clears> it just shows you like you know how much iteration goes through the heroes. Like they go through some crazy versions of themselves. Yeah. Um, Sam, anything else you want to add on that on that kind of area?
3: In terms of DPS in general, or just Sojourn specifically?
0: Either, either, if you want to, if you have a... I, I think
3: really we hit the day on the head. Luckily, I, I think they should be fairly happy with where they've gotten DPS as a role. I, I think it's something they should be happy with, and I think that... I, I will say, I know a lot of DPS players are upset about this. with this. I think they made a great decision to not add a DPS to the game and get two supports in there. Um, as well as you know it, it gave them time to really figure out where the DPS role kind of belongs, and I think that they 've done a good job of tuning down the snipers. I think widowmaker might still need to get looked at i't i, I 'm a widow hater, but i don't want to destroy the character identity i, I, I put my, I put my pride on trying to be fair it's uh, to the best of my ability, so i don 't think the hero should just get gutted um, but no i 'm very curious how this new hero which can be invulnerable underground is going to go. Um, that will be a very interesting thing to see, right? I I, I sense the opportunity to do some trolling, in which case <laughs> I will capitalize very much so. Right? Maybe, maybe another soldier esque hero where you can run around the map and flank. So I right, listen. Metro Metro will be ready. You know,
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Gut instinct is that it's kind of an evolved form of wraith form, right? It's like in the sense that it's an intangible, I can't shoot, but I can move for free, except, well, it could be better, it could be worse. Depends on, like, that emerge time. Like, if the emerge time and the burrow time is bad, then it could be bad. But if the emerge and burrow time is good, then it maybe is, is better to be able to just, like... Also, I'm, yeah, someone brought up, like, what happens if a Kiriko tries to teleport to the to Venture? And I'm sure Dan is getting nightmares of this already. Like, oh my fucking god, I go under <laughs> the map, game over. <laughs> yeah, um, like I assume that they'll that just be switch. not
4: targetable, but...
0: Right. Uh, one thing I will bring up then is since because something you brought up earlier, Salmon, kind of rounding out the DPS category is the role passive. So this is again, and I think applicable for all three roles. Uh, it's an idea, you know, they they've kind of wanted it to be another, like, I think they said it'd be like another dial to tune. But as we've kind of s- talked about, I think most people agree now that like, there's the one role passive, the supports which is like super strong. The tank one is good, but kind of feels necessary. It doesn't really add power to them. It just kind of is necessary to even make them playable. And then the DPS one is like super hit or miss. For some DPS, it's noticeable. For others, it's negligible. Uh, I'll go to Yidl first. Yidl, roll passives. Are you happy with them Should just change one or two? Or like, I know Sam and me are on the train of like just remove them altogether.
2: Yeah, um, I feel like I'm not too crazy about adding more. So I might be somewhat on the train of removing them. I think the support passive... I feel like I'm okay with it if they just make it longer, like like five seconds or something like that. That way it's not a poking tool, but rather your other support dies and I'm kind of AFK for a minute. So then we get the healing type of thing. Um, but for tank, I feel like the tank one is nice for the tank players to have, but like it just the problem is now a bunch of the boop heroes just aren't as good. Like an obvious one, wrecking ball, like booping the tanks is just so suboptimal, and now there's only one tank to boop. Uh, So, I think for the most part, uh, I'm not too crazy about adding more. I don't know. I'm not. I don't have a strong opinion.
4: Fair, Dan. Um, I was just collecting my thoughts.
0: Okay, okay. I'll go to Spilo then. Um, Spilo will have thoughts, I'm sure. Spilo, roll passives. Uh
1: I just think passives need to either be something that either is strictly like mostly quality of life, minimal effect on balance, which we talk about the support passive, then tank passive and so on, or they need to be something that's passive, but it's something that you can actually interact with and allows for skillful expression, like a wall climb with Genji, right? That's something that is obviously a buff, but it's something that's skillful for the character to do. The DPS passive is just a strict buff, but nobody plays around it. Like, it just, it's there. And, like, you mm-hmm. don't even think about it half the time, and it's there. And sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's bad. It's never a decision I'm actively thinking or making. Oh, I'm going to utilize the role passive. And th- no, nobody does that, you know? Like, so it's not particularly fun to play with or against. People forget that it's there. Um, I'm going to agree with you guys that I think that the idea of, at least for DPS, the idea of a role passive is just, I hate using this term, but it's fundamentally flawed. The characters are too different. It's just nothing that's going to work, I think.
2: I, I just want to jump in for this entire season of me playing Sombra. Not even once have I thought about the role passive existing. It doesn't even exist in my mind. So, yeah, that, that goes to show how much its uh, its impact is.
0: Right, and this is one of those changes where I think these are these are some changes that the devs have made where even the best of players like yourself you'll have not noticed it. Like I think I think of as well the quick play change where it's coming from the right idea of like, oh, we want to encourage grouping up more in quick play so the timers are different. And I think to in today's blog, they actually alluded to changing it full stop, like changing how respawns work overall for the whole game. So I'm wondering if that's something they're experimenting with where, I mean, if they wanted to say, let's go down to eight seconds, I wouldn't mind trying that just to see like, well, does that make the game a bit more fast paced, whatever? I don't know. But yeah, it's more like these this kicks in and usually they're against these ideas, right? Usually they're against like a complicated idea that isn't intuitive. Like, Oh, it'll kick in, but you won't really notice or care. It's usually a bit off. So I agree with you on that. Like, well, yeah, what is that even for Sam? Any, any additions you want to make?
3: Uh, no, I, I think they kind of hit the nail on the head for how I feel about world passive in general. I, I take the tank one out too. I don't like any of them. Um, I, I think that uh, equal, I think that, uh, I know with solo tank, like, maybe the tank needs it, right? But I-, I just think they're too game-changing, there's too much variety, the support one's too good. So on that note, I think I just, I don't like them in general. I think it was an interesting idea for sure, but it's just in practice, I don't think it works. So respawn times, I...
4: Sorry, can I don't... jump in before we go on the respawn time? Yeah, oh,
3: yeah, go ahead, you didn't get to go, Dan. You're go just
4: ahead. about the passives. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I agree, like, you don't really think about them that much. I think support thinks the most. I think... I'm, I'm down with removing them, but I think it will create some problems initially. Like, I remember playing support in the alpha, and I don't think they had the heal. What, is, what did they have in the alpha before the heal passive? They had something. I think it was a
0: weaker version of the heal passive. Yeah, I think it was just a bad version of it, or a weaker huh. version. Yeah,
4: I, I didn't notice it in, in the alpha, and like it was just like every game you would just get absolutely shredded. And, like, that's why they amped it up in the first place. So, like, if they removed the support heal passive, they would have to buff support in some way. And I think the same with tank. Like, if you're removing knockback resistance, tanks are going to get weaker and be more annoying to play. I think it would be cooler to remove the passive and add abilities or buff abilities to have counters against that instead of just having a passive which isn't very exciting and doesn't really add anything to the game in terms of, like, counterplay.
1: Bit of a hot take, oh. I, but I think I, I think the support passive at least should stay, but just be to the point where it is strictly quality of life. Like I playing Brig, you don't proc your inspire, you sit there at 75 HP, and people are like, Oh, but what about the other support? But like it would just be nice after four seconds to have a slow heal over time, so I don't have to well, worry about it. Well, I think
3: for, for, try doubling it first. It's it's yeah, it's insane agreed. that supports can hide for two seconds and their breakpoint changes in poke duels. Right. Yeah, I think that's a would agree reason that. why it's a big reason why the DPS heroes feel so bad. Like if I miss two shots on Hanzo, they start regenerating. <laughs> like, if yeah. I, you know, and that's and it takes me two seconds to shoot two arrows, right? And I get you know a yeah. sniper, blah blah blah, whatever it may be. But you know, the same can be said for May or something like that.
0: Yeah. Um Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or even just reload that, animation sometimes, like the tracer yeah. example. Like it, yeah. it can take a little bit of time, and if that support also just mm. jukes for a second and hides for a second, you know, like I've done it loads of times where. I, Play, play around the paler like just dance around the paler for a second and by the time we swing back round i've got 50 more hp than i had before so yeah. it is yeah. definitely impactful i think I, I i think i'd also be okay with it coming through although again i think it's also not necessary for every support equally like does Moria need it sure. no does does lucio need it no yeah. you know like mercy already had it so it's like you know it, it's definitely sure. like these fringe cases that we care more about like the Anna's and and maybe the Briggs. even brig you know can yeah. heal herself
4: I think that's the biggest problem with the passive like like um, I think it was Sam who said like on, on DPS you don't really think about it and it helps some heroes way more than other heroes I, I guess like passives would have been good if they created the game with passives in mind and like every hero is like balanced around them but like they kind of just slapped it on like you know 30 heroes are already there and it's like every hero uh, you know feels the balance differently based on that passive
0: right. I'll take it to Sam then. Cause Sam, you wanted to bring up the respawn thing.
3: Yeah. I I was was so, so I I'm, I'm getting some information here that in the alpha 8 second respawn was already a thing.
0: Yes, yes.
3: And uh, uh let's just say a little buddy of mine who was scrimming a lot with that just messaged me. I let you take a guess who it is. And was like, "We already tried that and then the teams would just with spawn advantage would just trade out and it would favor them like way more." And so now that I hear that and think about it, I, I I don't think the respawn timers need to be changed. If they really want to mess with them, they can. But I, I have ne I've never once sat there and been like, Oh man, the respawn timer's too long. In fact, like the only moments where I've thought about the respawn timer is like when Kiriko spawns and it just it immediately teepoos through a wall in Kings Row third or Circa Royale third or anything like that, where we literally had to add balls cooldown to the respawn. So lowering that, I mean i think it just I, I think it takes away from some of the nuance of the game i guess if that makes sense i so i i personally wouldn't touch them but if they want to spice things up and make se- things seem differently um they can but i i i think that they maybe don't need to do that right i'll just, I'll just read <laughs> the boring. uh
0: i'll just read the exact sentence as well because this this is literally in today's blog that went up like half an hour before we went live Uh, it talks a lot about like you know it's Aaron kind of reflecting a lot of things and there's a nice moment in there about how you know they really appreciate uh the love that they got at Blizzcon and meeting people in person and they say we're excited about running some experiments aimed at making the game more enjoyable to play for instance what would happen is spawn times were drastically reduced look for those in the start of season eight now drastically reduced is not a term I would imagine the devs use often but that sounds, you know, at least eight. That sounds like an at least eight type situation. That right? Sounds like
1: a six. Right, exactly. I
4: have not read this post and I don't like the sound of it. <laughs> now, That's we will a, say... It. I thought it was going to be like Experimental the play, mode, like, y'all. Experimental yeah, I thought it was going to be mode. like the, the quick play thing where people spawn together coming back, not like drastically reducing them. Which I don't like the quick play thing either in comp because I think that staggered spawns adds skill to the game. And it's like, I I never like when they actively remove skill from the game. Like, it it is a skill to notice where your teammates are and not stagger. And it's a big skill as well. Like, if you go in the lower ranks, there's people walking out like idiots.
0: (laughs) I think this is actually a really interesting point, because I was thinking about this the other day, Dan, and this is exactly this point, which is that I've seen it happen in other games too, where this. I think this usually is where, again, the development conundrum lies, is that the players who already play and perhaps value the kind of skill curve and the learning curve, will be against changes like these. So like all of us would be, yeah. I, I think all of us would agree with you that like not staggering is a skill that you need to learn. That like, oh, my teammates are going in. Absolutely. Let me go in now. My teammates are not ready. Let me not go in now. And that's like a way that a player who's smart can make a tangible difference in the lobby just by knowing not to stagger. But I think this is also the area where like noobs or new players and casual players appreciate these kind of changes because it means they can kind of just yeah. play with a little bit less active like oh my god I gotta know this thing and know that thing and I think I've seen like I've seen Valorant players for example talk about some things I can't remember for the life of me the specific example right now but I remember them being like they're making the game easy and me reading it is like someone who only occasionally uh, plays it was Valorant
4: the, the smokes
0: right exactly the smokes so now you can so you can now see the time when the smoke is about to run out like there's a visual indicator because mm. in Valorant obviously you can drop a smoke somewhere and now they've added a visual indicator that shows you the smoke's about to run out so me as a casual player I was like Oh, that's neat. That's nice. I don't know the fucking timing of a brimstone smoke. I don't give a shit like how I'm not going to sit there and be like, "Oh, I read it's 8 seconds. I'm going to count 8 seconds." You know, so as a casual player, I'm like, I don't give a shit. But I could totally see as well. If I was a competitive player, I'd be like, "No, you need to know that he dropped it at, you know, 43 seconds into the game. Therefore, 51 seconds into the game, it's going to run out, right?" So, I think this is another one of those possibly areas where I imagine all of us will be like, ah, I don't know about that, chief. That's like. Also, I think it's another situation of creating maybe more demons than we realized. And I think maybe, Sam, this is what your friend, I love, I met I met him at BlissCon. great guy. Um, your friend might be raging about. Spylo, I don't know if you have any thoughts about this, because you obviously also would have played in the alpha with the eight second respawn timer. And I think it may cause more problems than they realize off the rip.
1: I mean, that's always how, like, these fundamental changes go, and I'm going to go back to the experimental thing. Like, that's fine. Just try an experimental, because it's none of us, nobody in this call, nobody at the Blizzard development is smart enough to understand the full ramifications of what this means. The same thing with the 5v5. It's just going to take too much time and too much practice, and so, I'm like, I'm not necessarily against it. It sounds kind of scary. I'm probably not going to like it all that much. But it would need to be something they need to be able to try out, something drastic without like fully sticking to it. Um, in terms of like the counterplay around like you know, do we the, the elite versus the new mentality? The way I look at it is is if something is fun to be smart about and fun to apply, then we should generally try to protect it. Um, if something is skillful. Then that's good but if it's just something that's like you just have to know this tiny little bit of niche advice like to me i like i guess the stagger my take on the stagger thing is whether it's relevant to the eight second respawn or not um i think pushing staggers is like good but like maybe it'd be a little bit a hot take here but i don't i don't find that's like a really fun expression of skills to do something like that so if it turns out that this is a good change in other aspects maybe it's maybe it's not the end of the world for competitive integrity right and unless
3: I think you're I- atlanta academy <laughs> they love doing that. They oh, yeah. Or, or, yourself, oh,
1: dude. yeah. Oh, yeah. Or London Spitfire this past Al Season. They've yeah, staggered yeah. people for like literally 30 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Right. And so, again, I, I, I,
0: I, I do want to say, again, we should applaud them for trying things. But yeah, maybe that's where, again, we mm-hmm. nostalgize about the experimental. Yield. Mm-hmm. Uh any thoughts on that kind of whole potential idea and how it might affect the game?
2: Yeah, the, the respawn timer, I'm I'm not too sure. Like Spilo said and many others, we'll have to like test it out to really know what that's gonna be like. Um for the group spawns, I mean, like as a higher ranked player, like being able to get that punish off or knowing that I have to run away or whatever, play differently, wait for the respawn, um, it's nice. But I totally get that like it makes it easier for newer players, and I think that's probably the greater good that it should be the game should be a little bit more friendlier for the newer players because Overwatch is a complicated game already. So mm. I, I, I wouldn't be mad if they did it.
1: One interjection uh, but with it. Experimental. One interjection is mm-hmm. is that people, one of the big things, because I made a video on this like a year ago, like they need to bring Experimental back. But like, yeah, but nobody's going to play it. You know, Experimental. That is like the biggest load of crock I've ever heard in my life. If you th- you have, especially with a battle pass, you have like the easiest way to motivate people to play the mode that you want them to test on. Imagine if they gave like double or triple XP, or or gave if you play an X amount of experimental patch points, you get these new competitive points for these new emerald skins or whatever, or emerald guns or whatever. Like it's so easy to motivate if you want people to play the mode in game to try out for your numbers or win rates or whatever, you can do it. That's always been the worst excuse, in my opinion. Really I've got an idea. Start sick Start segue.
3: Just put a mercy skin behind it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the uproar about Zombie Mercy? We forgot to talk about this. Yo, there was there was about to be some some uh. some war crimes committed if Zombie Mercy did not come out. So thank God they got that out. I'm just I
0: it's thought true. it was funny, but it's the one thing that's pretty, pretty
4: bad that they did not get it out for Halloween, in my opinion.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's chill, wild. Chill, chill. Yeah,
2: wild. I bad. have
4: a theory. Like they had the Zombie Mercy ready to go for Halloween, and then you know the Laserafam stuff came in, and they were like, "We got to put." Like they'll probably get like a contract with Seraphim for a certain time, and then that just like overrode releasing Mercy, and they're not gonna put the Seraphim skins in at the same time as the Mercy skin. They're just gonna self own themselves. They're gonna,
3: they're gonna layer them, <laughs> layer them out through the yeah, yeah.
4: Wait for they're wait about, for the yeah. next payday cycle to come through. No, I mean yeah. they, <laughs> need,
0: they needed Seraphim for BlizzCon, so uh, I think they yeah, would have yeah, had to, exactly. they would have had to put it in that patch because they were performing job, and all that. So, so, funny. so that's um. So funny. Yeah, but honestly, the one thing that could revive Overwatch esports would be more Mercy skin drops. Honestly, like the Contenders revival off of Mercy was was crazy. Go hard, so
1: you guys yeah. heard like the Travis Kelsey and like the uh, Taylor Swift nah, thing with nah. the NFL. Oh, they nah. need to do that with Mercy players in Overwatch right, esports. Well, oh, so it's like you Travis Kelsey this-
3: game without Taylor no. Swift on the screen. Taylor it's Swift great. is dating this Bro.
1: National Football League, like the American yeah, yeah. football, player. and so <laughs> like all these non-football fans are like American footballs are like all are all into football because Taylor Swift, right? So what you do is you have like the mercy copulation, but you tie it into like Overwatch Esports where there's contenders or flash ups or whatever, and now you have like this big casual community that's actually that's it's an elite strategy, guys
0: it'll work well it we're kind of doing work. it with the k-pop thing right like uh, there was True, k-pop, K- k-pop yeah. stands who were like watching the TikToks <laughs> to be like what is this going on so we just need more yeah, of that we need we need taylor swift to date an orwatch player is what we really need that's like, it. so we that's need it. to convince her somehow that's to date i'm volunteering
1: samito <laughs> no i'm <laughs> good
3: i'm good yo i'm good <laughs> maybe samita I'm can good.
0: delve into the k-pop world actually the k-pop uh, world is now more his I, way i'm
3: good i'm good oh my goodness
0: Okay, Dan, <laughs> any any thoughts more on that? any of the actual serious topics we discussed before we can head to concluding thoughts?
4: Um, I, I thought about the... I mean, this is kind of uh, off uh, the track, I guess. But yeah, I think someone brought up Kiri TP. And yeah, I think Kiri TP should be the same as whatever Ball has. Like, I think it should be consistent across the board. Like, if Ball can't roll out a spawn... I don't think Kiri should be able to TP out of spawn. If Paul can roll out of spawn, then Kiri should be able to TP out of spawn. I think that should definitely be the case, and it probably should have been since the beginning. Very um, fair. As for anything else, nothing's come to mind.
0: Very fair from a Kiri main. Actually, one thing I wanted to bring up that I didn't bring up yet, and I'll just throw it in now, off of off a tangent, is like, so I've seen a lot of discussion of nerfing Ana around around the Hog thing, right? That's like, oh well, if we want to work Hog, we got to nerf Ana. I think one thing that we got to be really careful about and I see people do this all the time is that like one hero rises to prominence is like, we need to buff this hero or this hero is too strong. And then all the hate goes to this other hero to be like, this hero is the problem of insol- in so and stopping X thing. But what world do you create when you giga nerf Ana to the point where like, she doesn't answer these things anymore. And the problem is that like, she's an answer to other things also that will now run rampant. Right. So it's like, what is the world where Ana doesn't counter Hog? Is this a fucking Hog running around, hooking people every six seconds and like displacing them? And you now have to like put in way more effort to shut down a Hog than you would to shut down a Reinhardt, for example, right? Because to shut down a Reinhardt. And again, this is the world people seemingly seem to enjoy. is like, oh, they picked Reinhardt. I'll go Bashin. Haha, <laughs> I'm so, I'm such a good player. Now he can't play the game, right? Or like they pick Winston. I pick Bashin. Now he can't play the game. You dumpster Anna, Now there's a Hog running around and like you need to hard target folks just to kill him. So I feel, and same for like Doomfist or Bald. You know, it's always these heroes that like are otherwise undealable for the support line. You nerf this like key hero who kind of anchors. It's kind of like what I remember earlier watch Diva DM was, right? Like Diva DM just like anchored the game where it was like, people would be like, oh my God, the DM, she just shuts down my whole visor. But it's like the minute you took that out the equation, 10 other things ran rampant and made the game like worse. So it's like, sometimes you need these things to keep the game in check. So my take... Is that either we need to add more answers, like different answers, that you don't have to feel like I have to go Ana to to answer this thing, and then you can buff it, or you gotta accept that like we need the Ana as the 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 better evil, like the lesser evil, to control like all these these other heroes. Otherwise, people are like, I don't know how I deal with a ball in my backline.
3: Well, also she also enables dive, right? You wanna talk about why poke is getting played paid so much? Ana's gotten consecutive nerf after consecutive nerf after consecutive nerf, and here's like a Larry bap gets slaps on the wrist you know and then you're wondering why why is the game bastion everywhere well she's also the hero that enables dive too so that's an- another thing to think about on that angle to add on to that that's totally. why you don't want
1: caricatures you know when you only have the ana is the only existence is to deny roadhog and that's the only thing roadhog can do is just like road for example even like roadhog survivability it's only through his healing so if you deny that healing his survivability is gone and so, like again, like I've always been a an advocate of dynamics, especially since that overwatch two discussion where they wanted to remove hard counters. They wanted you to be able to one trick. Like you can't do that without the introduction of dynamics and, and outplay and counterplay and skillful expression. And so I think like on a, I think Nade, yeah, it's still too strong, whatever, whatever, whatever. But again, like the most hated characters in Overwatch One or Overwatch Two are the characters that only do one thing. And whether it's take skill like a Widowmaker or whether it doesn't take skill like a Bastion, people don't like when this is the only thing the character does, because it's impossible to balance, right? Widowmaker, garbage on like a large portion of maps, like unplayable. But if you put her in that position or that situation, then there's literally, you can't you can't do anything versus her. And that's not fun for the Widow and that's not fun for people playing the Widow. Uh, that's my take on Roadhog. That's my take on Widow. It's my take on Bastion. It's always the same. And some of them I don't know, like I don't know how you balance widow around that, to be fair. But I think for a character like a hog, like I said, that's why I was so mad about the rework, all that effort, and he's still counted by the same crap, and he still plays the exact same way, almost exact same way. It's like that that takes me off.
0: And that's where they maybe can learn from their own hero design or Junker Queen. It's like she's she's the better version of Hog or the more evolved version of Hog in that she has these multiple ways of healing herself. Yes, the Antinate yes. shuts she's it down. She doesn't have a speed. She has speed right. too. That's the thing. You can run you away, know? you can shout away. Should you get, oh, I'm anti-nade? Okay, I'll shout away if I if I need to, right? And may- maybe, well, maybe oh, you get some shields.
3: I can queen all out, right? Like you have so much versatility right. as to like what you can do.
0: Maybe when you hook a guy, you get like shields for how far you drag them. right? It's like no, no. hook <laughs> a max range, 100 shield,
3: like come over here.
0: It's like survivability. If Lucio
3: doesn't get beat drop that gives more health from the higher he drops off before that happens, then we've done something wrong. I know Frogger will be happy about that one. You know, <laughs> it's like <imagine laughs> Lucio's beating from the sky boxes. That would be kind of fun. I, I think Jake said that too, actually. Yeah, I think that would be kind of fun.
0: I'd be down for it. It would be funny. Uh, Yidle, Dan, any thoughts on this before we head to concluding thoughts?
4: I think it just goes straight back to you know making Roadhog and Mauga have counterplay abilities instead of nothing at all.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeetle?
2: Uh, My comment would probably be the same as my concluding thoughts, so if I'm okay all to right. just go into that. Yeah. Sure, so yeah. let's head
0: to concluding thoughts, then go ahead. What do you got?
2: Yeah, basically, we need less this hero counters this hero, I need to swap off now. Need need to go away from that. Start start introducing more counterplay. And um, I guess the best examples of that is they're, they're going into the direction of it with, with uh, Sombra, Zenyatta's Discord, and Roadhog, although still not perfect, the Vape. I think they need to keep keep going on that path of like changing fundamentally how things work so that you have more counterplay. So that's about it. I hope they they keep on that track.
0: That's good. Good to hear. Yeah, so Sam, we'll go to you next. Just your general desires from from Overwatch and try how to make it healthier for for each of the roles.
3: Um, I would say one fundamental changes to abilities, like we talked about earlier. I think that would make the game much more interesting. I I, I really like the conversation that you know we had here talking about like immortality field and the ways to kind of capture what not only what Daniel said but also like get rid of a little bit of that frustration. Like there's definitely room to improve on that, and I think that they should definitely look internally you know to say hey like how can we adjust this instead of looking at things like respawn timers like look at how these abilities fundamentally operate how can you make this have more counterplay and more decision making because that's what made overwatch so great it wasn't about how you it wasn't about what you picked it was about how you played and that was the big promise that frankly overwatch 2 completely missed on that it did the opposite right um at least in this format um i think the dps role is in a pretty good spot aside from a few out they should be pretty happy with that. I think the support changes just need those fundamental abilities. And then for tanks, I mean, it, I, I would really consider, and, and this is what I'm starting to realize as VB as time has gone on. God, I hate that Nateson's going to be right and he's going to get the I told you on me. But I, I I don't know if I am pro 6v6 roll lock specifically or anti 5v5 roll lock. And I think I'm just anti 5v5 roll lock. And I, as I've looked at it more and more, maybe I'm willing to consider a 5v5 open queue. Instead, if the league is gone, if you want to appeal to the casual players in lower queue times, if you want to solve this issue with tanking, I- I'm really, really scared f- for them if they keep trying to fit a square piece of the puzzle into an empty circle, which is just trying to make tanks work in a 5v5 roll lock and not, like... Again, Hog is always, like, Smiley so, Like Hog is like, if he's going to be like he is right now, You know, he's always going to have that weakness, but like Daniel said too, it's like a lot of people have always loved playing these characters, and like you'd have to destroy that identity in order for it to really work in a way that it can be picked somewhat consistently in this specific format, because you're fitting a a square piece into a circle. So there's a lot to consider on that. But as far as, like, the DPS role goes, I think they've gotten a pretty good spot aside from one or two heroes. It's definitely one of the better spots it's been in. The Sombra rework was the best one I think they've ever done. I really love playing Sombra, and I feel like I do have an answer to go when they pick Widow. Okay, my side, do have some lethality, right? The question is, is is the Kiri going to TP and cleanse it, right? But I I feel like I actually have a chance now um, against that. So that's nice, and I think for the most part, the the K-pop event was pretty cool. They've got me on the hook. I'm nervous. Right, I can't be looking at this stuff anymore because I might—it's stuck in my head already from the load screen. I gotta be careful, right? You never know. I'm gonna if I if I start posting fan cams, I'm gonna count on you guys to smack some sense in me, right? You know, I, it's like <laughs> no, that's I'm that's gonna, what I'm counting on. I'm gonna on, man. No, gonna no, no, it. no, 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 no. We gotta <laughs> listen. I need I need y'all's help on this, okay? So, uh but but no, you know, it's 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 all right. There's definitely been worse states of the game. I think like the previous patch was up there with double shield. Um, so you know, I wish them best of luck and. uh you know, maybe uh, maybe some more K-pop events. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe.
0: I will say that the Doomfist rework is also a really good one. I really think Tank Doomfist, they killed it. Uh, I, I
3: I would love to play Tank Doomfist with another tank. I would love it. All day. All day. I would not put it down. Oh, my God. It would be so much fun.
0: So It would be fun. like Ball, I guess, again. It would be like what Ball was in you know, Overwatch 1. I know
3: Spilo hates Power Block, though.
1: I, I don't like Power Block, but I do agree that, like, uh, he, he, there's so many good things to say about Thing Doomfist. Yeah, that's certainly. true. That's there's true, a lot of really true. good things about Thing Doomfist, So I don't want to be a negative Nancy. You,
3: you, you mean the staring contest that we like to have with each other when? Yeah, we but which you <laughs> know what? Like, like, I will say
1: overall, like it was it was pretty good. I will. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll be positive. Yeah.
0: Not
3: not to mention, people
0: forget how much how much hate DPS Doomfist had. DPS, like Yeah. yeah, had. yeah people yeah, yeah, yeah. really
1: really did not
0: like. DPS, yeah. Doomfist. Every support player would ask, would be like, what hero would you do? Doomfist, it. Doomfist, all of them. Doomfist, Doomfist, fuck that guy. One shots me with a Anyways. Hey, the
3: um... only DPS hero to answer the broken support heroes, the guy into the game. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> you,
1: you could one shot anybody with one ability. Slam right. uppercut with the shot. Any, any, like, anybody with a one shot.
0: And yeah, the slam from the, the quake dawn rollouts from downtown. The fucking... <laughs>
3: can I can I say something to the Doom community that I want them to stop real quick that irritates me so much? These guys, I'm gonna try to do you all a favor. You want your Doom bugs fixed? Stop calling Doomfist a punch bot. His entire kit is based around his gauntlet and his punch. If I hear punch bot one more time for a character that's entire kit is literally based on the gauntlet, I'm gonna lose my mind with you guys. You lose people on that part. Stop saying it. It's dumb. Sorry, I had to throw that out there. I'm so also, sick of seeing that term.
0: Also, oh, just because you think the design of the character is like, he's
4: Doomfist. His name is fucking
3: <laughs> Doomfist.
0: Fist. Is it the name? It's the fucking yeah. fist. It's the whole it sounds point really of
4: him. silly. Like, why do you like playing Doom if you don't like punching people? <laughs> <laughs> the man
0: with can't... the big fist punched people? Shit.
3: I was hoping you'd yeah, kick him. Yeah, yeah, you can't make it up, man. You can't make it up. that, that That's all on my end.
0: Right and uh, yeah, uh, let's see. You know, maybe maybe the the five v five open queue train will 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 come through. God and God. I do think that in terms of like their desire to uh to make like a big change every year, I think that can they kind of express they want to like re you know retweak the game every so often. That's one way to do it. Dan, mm-hmm. your concluding thoughts.
4: Well, first, I'm actually interested in
1: what Spilo thinks about Power Block.
4: Oh
0: yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> I just don't. Like, I think we- it leaves leaves too much agency in the enemy team's hands, I think. Where, like, too much of your power spike is relating, making right. sure that they make a mistake. Um, now, this was... I also really hated power block in its early iterations and, and when it was, like, really, really strong. And normal punches is really, really bad. I don't hate power block. I just think it's too much of his kit is tied into inactivity and hoping that somebody makes a mistake.
4: I think the annoying thing about power block for me is, like, I do not have the control of other people shooting it. Yeah. And yeah. as a support player, like, if other people just blast the power block, I get punished for that, even though I'm not the one interacting with this. So I really dislike power block Exactly. that reason. Exactly. Cool. A All bit right, like anyway, Zarya uh, Bubble, though, but uh, yeah. But, it, yeah, less, I guess it is. Bad. But I guess with Zaya Bubble, like, I can outrange a Zarya. Like, I don't directly get punished instantly as soon as people blast the zaya Bubble. So yep. I guess I don't feel it as much. Um. As for overall closing thoughts, first of all, this was a really good conversation, man. I was nervous coming in here as a support player. um. But I think uh, overall, I think the conversation led towards like, it's more nuanced than just like, you know, Twitter says, where it's just like, oh, support's OP, just nerf support. I think nerfing support as a whole is not the way to go. And I think, you know, through this call or this podcast, we kind of like, You know figure that out it's like it's some sticking points we've got lamp we need lamp worked on because there's no interactivity with it um uh pylon exactly the same it's like it just sits there we need to interact with it some way so i think i think it's cool that it's we we found out that it's nuanced and we're not just like hating on support as a whole um i think in terms of balance it's best to focus on those things that can create counterplay. Because it just increases the skill and the fun of the game to be able to, you know, react to things and uh all that kind of stuff. But I think they should focus on the big things. Like all these number changes are just kind of like in my opinion, it's like they see like how the community feels and then they're like, Oh, let's just release a patch with some numbers to try and change the perception and make people happy, rather than, oh, let's, you know, actually try and make the game better. Um so I would love to see, like, more patches based on the actual things that are problems rather than just, you know, looking at things as a whole and just being like, our oh, support sucks, let's just nerf support. That would be cool. And then just, like, looking at the big things in general. Like, I I still believe massively that health is a massive issue in the game with, with Bastion and the 225 HP heroes. Like, the fact that we're, we started with 150 HP Zen and we're now at 225 HP Zen is just absolutely wild to me. And uh, I think we'll see very soon that Zen is probably gonna be a problem with his two two five. Um other than that, good talk. Good talk. Awesome. Awesome. This was a
3: solid group today too.
0: Yeah. Spilo, give me your concluding thoughts. What would you like to see?
1: Oh man. I mean I think just echoing what really Edel and Daniel and Sam was saying, just dynamics, uh, counterplay, skill expression. I think what Edel was saying, like, fundamentally going into, like, the the nuts and bolts of what makes a character. And, and like Dan was saying, not just changing number tweaks, right? I think, like, and then if you are going to do, like, temporary tweaks, like, let's, I guess, more Communication about that would be nice because like we all are like joking about like the May slow change with the recent one, 40% and 30%. May is overperforming, so we're gonna tweak her slow. And I'm like, bro, that's not why she's overperforming at all. Like, look at the environment. Like, if anything, the maybe the May wall HP is a little bit too strong or something like that. So it's like they, they'll sometimes see something overperforming, like a Baptiste, and just it's like they have no idea about like what the character why the character's even being played, much less what's actually strong about the character. Um but then I see that and I get really frustrated, and I'm like, come on, man. And then the somber we were, I'm kind of like, man, you know, that, that was pretty good. And then, and like, like like we were saying, the Discord changes, like, you know, okay, you know, maybe it's not, you know, it, it still has some work, but it is at least kind of addressing some of the fundamental issues, not reducing its range, right? Um, like stuff like that. It's like, it's like, it's like uh, Jekyll and Hyde sometimes with the Blizzard developer team. Um, but uh, so there's a lot of good things to say. Uh, and I just hope that they keep moving into like the the systemic issues with Overwatch without just tweaking numbers.
0: Right, and I think that's a good kind of area to leave it on, which is that I do think that they're trying to be more in touch with what the community's complaints are. I think sometimes to a fault, actually. Like sometimes we kind of overchain something just because there's the the, the flavor, you know, the flavor of the month is complaining about that when actually other things are causing this problem. And if you just tone that thing down, then that thing goes away. I mean, even Zen is an example of like everyone's complaining about Zen two months ago and then the meta shifted around him and Iliari got introduced and suddenly no one's playing Zen anymore. So there, it definitely is, obviously there's a lot of nuance to Overwatch balance and it, and it changes very fluidly and dynamically, which is why I think as many desires I would have for the Vision Overwatch, my perhaps greatest feedback right now would be the prioritization of returning the experimental card. I gather that, you know, obviously I, I don't think it's high on their priority list and I understand that Development resources are scarce, but that's so that's exactly why I would say, like, whatever your priority is, bump it up because it will help you balance the game, like, big picture much more frequently, much more easily. Because, like, obviously, it seems I don't know if there's any rework on the horizon right now. Like, the brig one is out, the summer one is out, the hog one is out, so I don't know if there's any tangible rework that they're thinking of doing, but I'm sure there will come a time when they will need to rework another hero or drastically alter another hero like they're always messing around with Moira for example right and I think that the experiment will help with that and it will also help with them just just tweaking things like, you know the way they used to give something an experimental for like two weeks beforehand or PTR two weeks beforehand and then realize oh actually this isn't working and immediately pull it back they've shown the desire to go back on things or tweak things quickly so I hope they use the experimental slash PTR version to do that again again I don't know if there's any technical things holding them back I don't know if the practicalities of it aren't there, but from my POV, I'm not understanding any of those things. Bump it up, and I think it'll help you balance the game. Uh, so that's all I got, guys. Anything else you want to add for i let you get going?
3: No, a great group today. This was fun. This was, this was definitely yeah, one of nice. the more thought-provoking ones, for sure. Spilo, you yeah. and I have never gotten a chance, or actually none of you guys. I don't think I've ever gotten to be on group up with any of you all, but you know, it's we've been around. We've been, I, Yidl and I dominated in a Warzone tournament. <laughs> oh yeah yeah that was we rolled we rolled them we we got (laughs) rolled yeah yeah true.
0: all right well as always thank you so much to my guests coach spilo yeedle samito and daniel fenner for joining me please show these guys some love wherever you're listening go check out their content their socials are always in the commands and usually in the description of the video too so check them out thank you so much guys and for now that's it from us peace out